0: Squeezer.
1: to the Red Hey buddy. Will you be my Valentine's?
2: Um plural? I don't know. Um No. <coughs> no. No, sorry. Alright, well I'm
1: got Enchantress to be mine. So Aww. that's how I was tricking you anyway.
2: I'm not fun for your Just like I tricked her. Um, we don't we don't celebrate it in my household. Why not? I like it. Why would not no. I don't have time for that shit. Well, you know me. I love all the garbage. uh, You do.
1: The 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 special like I love that after Christmas candy's gone, they're already replacing it with Valentine's Day stuff. And Easter is on the way, and Easter, Easter candy is always um has holds a special place for me. A, because enchant. I'm gonna let you in a little secret, Mm -hmm. gooey Valentine's Day secret. Uh, Enchantress's nickname, I call her Bunny. Did, you just, did your heart just melt? Is that what happened?
2: Okay. Yeah, that, it must be melting. Either or it's acid reflux. But uh, and then all the candies got bunnies on them. Ah, no And I, I, I like I had bunnies
1: when I was a kid.
2: I double checked with Mrs. Squeezer. I'm like, so for the tenth year in a row now, we're not doing anything. She's like, yes, absolutely. I'm like, I don't even have to like say it. She's like, nope. I'm like, awesome.
1: No, I like it. Uh, and uh, you know what also Easter candy ushers in?
2: Uh, my, f- my
1: favorite, second favorite time of the year probably, next to Halloween at at, at Target. The lawn furniture and like lawn
2: stuff. <laughs> like outdoors. Oh, outdoor
1: oh yeah. Yeah. Like now that I'm a, an adult. like
2: oh, I, yeah. oh, yeah. You can buy like deck furniture now, huh?
1: Well, yeah, we bought it last year. Our, our friend Dougie helped me uh, unload it at the house picked it out nice Nice little set Uh, but like you know I'm focused on my lawn I I went to Home Depot more last summer than I'd ever did in my entire life collectively remember I kept being like I'm at Home Depot again you're so proud of me yeah Uh, but that like lawn that green that greenhouse like attached to Home Depot is my favorite place to be in I like uh, I miss Frank's Uh, me too Frank's is great
2: yeah now it's a parking lot for a pharmacy. Such a waste. But I just, I like the smell. I like, I like the, that, that fertilizer, dirt, dirt Nitrogen.
1: And yeah, and uh, flowers. Beautiful, pretty flower smell. Yeah.
2: Well, oh, not even the flower. The hell with the flower smell. No, I, I just like the, the, the fertilizer smell. Yeah. Why Th- not? That, that, that burning of the nostrils.
1: Oh, yeah, that's why. And like the insecticides too, it's
0: yeah. A, it's a, it's
1: a melody.
2: Did you see that report that we're in the next like couple within the next twenty to thirty years or something like that? Like half the world's insect population is going to be wiped out. If
1: it's mosquitoes, then I'm we're if, gonna if, die. If it's mosquitoes and wasps, I'm okay with it.
2: Yeah, but if it weren't for them, then um, all like black flag is going to go under, and that's American jobs. <laughs> What's black flag? uh it's like raid but really badass oh okay oh yeah
1: yeah that's the stuff that shoots like 30 feet yeah 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 i
2: used to always have that i used to carry that in my pocket when i worked at the golf course because i get attacked by wasps all the time and and uh stinging things not just wasps white anglo Saxon. oh I it. yeah, they right. did there yeah i got you. golf yeah. course um <laughs>
1: Yeah, wasps are fucking jerks. They think like they own your deck, and they'll like attack you for coming. Because They
2: again. do because they have their assholes have knives. <laughs> yeah, it's true, <laughs> their assholes do have knives.
1: Oh, we should start making like like how Conrad and Bruce on something to wrestle with. Every time they say something funny, like Conrad's like, "Well, that's a shirt." Like we should make Radier shirts with no, zero context to say their assholes have knives. Radiers. <laughs> You like my marketing idea
2: yeah i i i well i always wanted to do the nature documentary thing so maybe I, i'll just that's a great title wasps
1: their assholes have, kn-
2: <laughs> their assholes have knives. their assholes have
1: knives assholes <laughs> have uh, knives
2: uh yeah it's not exactly uh uh
1: john hammond's brother
2: yeah uh, john oh thank you i was uh ather- t- uh applebee applebees Nope. no tgi fridays what's that what are you talking about? Uh John Entwistle's brother. John Hammond's brother. What's his name? I don't know. I watch it every night before I go to bed. Uh people are screaming right now. Google John Hammond's brother.
1: I mean it's really not John Hammond, it's
2: we're
1: uh, the fella yep, we're getting there. or the feller who played. Wait,
2: hang on. This is a long way, a long way to get there. Richard Attenborough,
1: Attenborough. David, yeah, David Attenborough. That's what David, it is. Attenborough. David Attenborough.
2: Yes, the renowned and well-respected animal talking guy.
1: Yeah, and he talks that, up an animal. That,
2: he he puts me to bed. If if it's not him, it's either uh, a painting dude, Bob, uh, Ross. Bob Ross, or uh, the that guy on PBS that builds shit with other wooden tools that he already built
1: dietrich bader
2: uh no he that's the guy from drew Carey show
1: um you're you're talking about tim the Toolman taylor's enemy right no
2: no you know who i'm no. talking about Bob vila
1: bob vila no not Bob vila
2: oh uh what's his name uh pbs wood guy
1: you know what's been putting me to sleep lately not, not to sleep. Like I've been falling asleep to it because I really enjoy. I'm just been watching it like crazy. Roy Underhill, that's him. Roy Underhill. I uh, like him. Uh, for me, it's been. Uh, I've been going back and watching old WWF Superstars episodes on the network. I know
2: it was it was enthralling. I walk into your office to hang out with everyone else hanging out in your office, and uh, while I'm working, don't forget well, to kinda. that well, kind of really because you just seem to be watching wrestling. <laughs> no, I mean I'm working. Uh, don't,
1: I, when you walked in, I was in the middle of like emailing schools about the work we do, so we can get in and work.
2: I know I couldn't see over the crowd of heads. Oh, Yeah, it um, was pretty big crowd. Yeah, that usually happens. Happened. It's like they should come, really get rid of the chairs. They come in to observe me working. <laughs> well, it's like going to the zoo. Yeah, it's they like, wow, what is this magnificent is beast doing? And,
1: and they'll just sit there. Like certain people, you know, who I'm talking about, will just sit there and. And, and not a care in the world, just watch
2: me work away. Even when I, I only come in if I have a point to make or I have nothing else to do. So I guess that's kind of...
1: You're always allowed in there.
2: But you know who well, I'm talking about. Thanks. But I know, I know that host, if you're the, trying to get work done, that I know how infuriating right. it can be if people are just staring at me. Yeah, so. the, the host of a certain show
1: we do will come in and just kick his feet up and want to just talk about the problems of the world. Well, if there's someone that's going to solve them, it's you. <laughs> Ugh, I doubt that. Uh, so there's like some cool news today that I didn't even know about till 20 minutes ago when you showed me.
2: Yeah, I just, and I stumbled <coughs> across it. It was, I guess it came out. Well, I guess you're listening to this like tomorrow. If which you're, is you're listening to this on Valentine's Day, then yesterday at like 5 o'clock, I think.
1: Nintendo made a pretty cool announcement during their. Uh, their, uh, Nintendo show that they do which they tell people they're Nintendo Direct they do that um, it's about 40 minute show where they they just preview upcoming shit
2: uh, Xbox tried doing that and it's not working
1: and Nintendo's been doing it forever it's been working pretty well mm-hmm. they don't they, they don't do pressers anymore they just make a video yeah um, so they're doing a remake of the one of the best Zelda games probably number two behind Link be, behind Um Ocarina of Time. Ocarina, uh,
2: that's yeah, that's where
1: I put it. Because uh, I I spent the most time playing this Zelda game out of any other <clears throat> Zelda games. Because yeah. I, I took it with me everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. Um, Link's Awakening, and uh, it's like a 3D remodel.
0: That looks yeah, it's a, a complete. Set.
2: Well, of course, it's a remake. It's not like they ported uh, a 25 year old. Game Boy game to Switch, but uh,
1: yeah, they remade it, uh,
2: reimagined it. Yes, it makes me—it uh, makes me want to get a Switch. I had no interest in getting one before, and oh god, this we've this only played
1: like an hour of Breath of the Wild, and it is beautiful. Like you'll be completely for how good you are at video games and how much you love those submersive environments,
2: where I just kind of get lost forever. Yeah, you—you
1: um, you have to cook your own food. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, I do it all. I do it all the time. I go fishing. I catch or my Red food. Dead. I go. Oh, that goddamn cowboy game. Would you believe my copy of Red Dead still in the cellar? Oh, of course I, Wait. Oh, you actually got it? Yeah. I didn't know you actually got it. Yeah, my. We just... got. We got. We got numbers. We can put a posse together. Who else has it? Uh, the Sven. Oh. Ah. I was playing. With, I was playing with the Sven the other day. Um, and we kind of just meandered about getting lost. Uh. How is the online it's play? Fun. Uh, there's not as much to do right now as single player, but you know, there's a. It's it's a start. Who is it? It'd be me, you, and Sven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, trying to think who else. I don't know who else got it uh, from that clan. But I think some of the the youngins might uh, might have it. Mm. What afraid to get shown up? Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, oh, you got nothing to worry about. You, uh, I don't think you have the atten- the attention span. I'm not going to lie. I, I think it's one of the most amazing games ever. But I've I, i I've seen you play.
1: Yeah, I just like to and get in a tunnel just
2: and... run, get in a tunnel and run. There are no tunnels. Well, there are tunnels.
1: And but, uh, you run down cops for about an hour.
2: Yeah. And, and,
1: and, and I can't... I like to make myself laugh by playing...
2: Yeah, this isn't. You, I'm sure at some point you you know you get like kicked in the head while a Remember horse is taking crap on you. But how frustrated
1: you were when Brad and I wouldn't stop killing each other on our motorcycles <laughs> and laughing about it.
2: I was trying to make money so I can right. buy new handlebars. You were like the head weasel,
1: and we were like the other weasels in *Rush* *Rabbit*. <laughs> you were so frustrated. Stop laughing. You're gonna die laughing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. I would get, I get lost. I got lost in Ocarina. That's probably where it started. I've been
1: playing Ocarina. I bought, like I said, I bought it for, uh, I bought, I bought a Nintendo 2DS some new, all new 2DS XL <clears throat> and I bought Ocarina of time for it. Uh, I currently have no other games. I came. I, I think
2: it I, came with uh, Mario Kart. I'm but, caressing my N64 right next to me right now. Maybe I'll, Man, I'll fire it up and I'll just play Ocarina while we talk about uh oh, rom coms. That's that's a good segue. We are talking
1: about romantic comedies tonight. Today. I, I was a little anxious at first. You you we we originally had an idea that we accidentally already did on the list. What? what? when what we were gonna do for this week originally? Yeah. Well, we wound up being a week behind because we had that uh, road trip show.
2: Wait, wait but we, we're not behind now, right?
1: Not anymore. But uh, Rom-coms is supposed to come out this week, but we are going to talk about everything comic books. But we just did that in July, and I, I, I missed it and readded it to the schedule.
2: Maybe that's why I was trying to figure out what I did and didn't do. Yeah, and I look back and I'm like, "Oh, we just And I was did trying this. to be like real creative and go deep, but I kept coming back to the same topics I already talked about before." Yeah, me too. "And all I want to do is talk about X-Men pogs." <laughs> <laughs> um
1: it's okay. Like we'll we'll go back to comic books like oh, yeah. in a year, but it was too soon. So I was like, "Oh wait, we're supposed to do rom coms this week anyway for our Valentine's Day episode." Maybe we, closer to Avengers. Yeah, maybe we gave. It's in the news. We gave you uh, retro romance last year, and we, that was a pretty fun episode. Yeah, you know that was the last one we did in person. Are you serious? Yeah, that was a year ago.
2: Uh, hmm when did we do that in person
1: we did it in, on the set really yeah huh yeah that was the last one and i'm i mean i love this format we have now it's so
2: oh uh, it's liberating. it's a lot easier we yeah. wouldn't be able to go three hours and
1: no no the reason why you get longer shows now is because we're able to do this format you know, there was a lot of the time. Like, it, if you listen to our early episodes, I'm like, "All right, my next pick is this.
2: I liked it. All right, squeeze <laughs> on your next." Yeah, pick? just trying to get done. You, you would, we would do it before work, after work, and then I'd have to drive like 45 minutes home. Yeah, yeah. It
1: uh, this way makes it easier and um, more relaxed because I got my
2: squeaky chair.
1: Right. You know, we, we're just we're just helping. We're giving ourselves a little workout before bed.
2: Speaking of workout. Yeah, I Found a scale today cleaning my house did,
1: did the scale say you're handsome when you got on it and you're a sweet boy? Um, Because if it didn't I, I, I would destroy it
2: I, I was gonna try to think of something funny But then I thought about the numbers that I saw and it just made me sad. So we'll move on what? um
1: 150 handsomes
2: Uh, if, if a handsome is like (laughs) 1.98 pounds, uh, then yeah, sure. I think somewhere in there. No, it's not that bad. I don't think. Uh, Again, folks, I'm terrible at math, but uh, it wouldn't hurt to, uh, you know, not drink beer and maybe I'll use that elliptical on the back porch that I cleaned off today (laughs) so I can hang more, more new clothes on it. I squeeze, on with you. I have, I have a few to
1: to lose myself.
2: Oh, great! We can, we can lose if you lose fifty pounds. Let's each lose fifty pounds. How does I that sound? I don't think I can lose fifty pounds. Help, like I—that's I want. I want to. I we're gonna do it together without being
1: close to death.
2: <laughs> well, I—I'll push you through it. Okay. Well, if
1: you—if you're gonna help me, sure. Yeah. Whatever. I'll do anything if you—if I get your help, Squeezer.
2: Oh, okay. um, speaking of, not speaking of, awkward transition to, uh, I got an email, mm-hmm. you got an email, we mm-hmm. got an email, Yes, uh, from our, our good friend of the show, Gordon Shumway, and he threw a little uh, little idea out at us. Basically yep. a, a rad years fight club, if you will, and this immediately piqued my interest, because I'm a fan of the combat arts. You are. Um, I'm a fan of rap battles. I'm also a fan of them, too.
0: Um, I don't know. If, shouts no, out to
2: kill. G. Shouts out to Killer Mike on Joe Rogan. Shouts out to Joe Rogan. That uh, that made me laugh. I finally, like I said, I was like a month behind. I'm catching up on. I missed like three weeks of shows and I just skipped them. So I'm watching. I'm like all my podcasts. I'm catching up to now, and I'm going back and basically the, listening to January. The problem with the Killer
1: up. Mike one is, you know, I'm a huge Run the Jewels fan. I, I Always. Always and forever, run the jewels mm-hmm. for life, uh, RTJ. So I saw Killer Mike. Um, he's got that show on Netflix. I s- saw two episodes of, but he's it's really good. He's on. Um, he was on Rogan, so I haven't I haven't listened to a Rogan in a while. So I downloaded it, and they keep they get so fucking high. They keep talking about referencing pictures, so I had to go on YouTube and actually watch along with it.
2: Oh yeah, it's infuriating. Yeah, You're like, like that's the- why I had to one at one point give up. Because I would just pop up a new browser on my phone and just search it and then save it for later. And at one point, I think I had over 300 windows, like, standing by that, like, of shit that I never actually looked into.
1: Oh, boy.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. Um,
1: so, uh, wait, hold on, let me make sure we did the obligatory half hour of nonsense before, okay, we got time yet. Go ahead, read his email. Oh.
2: Awesome. All right. So it's the years Fight Club. And I, uh, 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 I'll skim through here. So we're pitting our two 80s, uh, two 80s uh, characters against each other in uh, Mortal Combat, if you will. Um, but in this sense, it'll, I think we're actually, it's more of a wrestling match. Uh, ground rules here. Oh, it is a Whitehall Mall parking lot fight. A uh, big group of kids <laughs> circled up, fight for fight. I remember Squeezer saying something about a fight in Allentown. Yes, he's recalling. I, I appreciate the actual. The knowledge, uh.
1: Yeah, homeboy's got a lot of yeah. show knowledge, man. He's remember a fan. Shit. He's a fan.
2: I don't even remember. No, I don't remember it either. No, I and, do. I remember. And there are it memories. Was, it wasn't. It was. It was. It was not technically the Whitehall Mall. It was across the street uh, from uh, Machunk Road, uh, in the parking lot in the grass behind the McDonald's and the Taco Bell and the Hollywood video. And it was a Friday night, I believe. I had just come back with my dad. We were up at Pocono for the qualifying. That's where you just watch the cars one at a time drive around in circles instead of all together. Um, but there's hoagies, so I'm okay with that. Uh, we stopped on the way home, asked if we could stop the Hollywood video so I could pick up either a UFC tape or a uh, W wf uh tape uh because that's all i would ever rent there and uh there was a big circle of kids and there was clearly a fight going on and my dad's like get the hell in the truck we're getting the hell out of here because he doesn't want the cops showing up and then he's like an adult there and then he has to talk and all that as it turns out those are like my two best friends and and another kid in a fight with another kid and stuff like that and i heard about it when i got to school next time like oh yeah i was there i was at hollywood video um, so that was me you know sticking up for my buddies.
1: My dad didn't want the cops to show up and find his rubber made bin of what was the beer uh, bush, bush lights. lights
2: yeah yeah, yeah. oh that, yo, no I'm sure we just left Pokemon sure that thing was empty um but yeah that was that was said fight um anyway so our two that were pitting against each other right uh, oh and it's also I, I'll, I'll it's post movie. All right, so any um, psychological issues or powers that may have uh, existed in the movie are now, you know, rendered obsolete. 10-4. Okay. Um, And our two people that we're pitting against each other is um, Andrew Clark, uh, played by Emilio Estevez in The Breakfast Club, our wrestler. Okay. So we have a wrestler. <clears throat> versus uh, Michael Emerson, played by Jason Patrick in The Lost Boys.
1: Oh, nice. This is going to be a good fight.
2: Yes. Now, post-vampire. Yeah, he's not where, a vampire anymore, so you can vampire. kill him. Yes, so you can, yes. Um, now, I'll go right into, uh, I have my prediction, and you know how I do when I break down fights, and if I'm going to drop 60 bucks on a pay-per-view, the effort that goes into my preparation.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh,
2: you know me when I do my fight research and uh, I, I, I invest time and energy mm-hmm. into it. If I'm going to drop 60 bucks, I, uh, you know, I will basically get the entire card. So figure 12 fights, 24 fighters. Squeezer. Uh, and I like, yeah, buddy.
1: How does the pay-per-view company feel about you sending them rolled change to pay for these UFC fights?
2: Oh, I go there and I uh, actually, I. So I you hand deliver them. it? I I take my piggy bank in and I shake it out on the counter. Oh No, just I
1: assumed one, you I assumed you rolled the view, change please. like a gentleman.
2: Oh no, I used to do that. I know no. how
1: cheap you are. You're probably just like, well, if I use found change, I'm not really paying for it.
2: No, no, I'm from the future. I just talk to my remote control and it's free because I don't actually exchange any money. <laughs> I just push a button. It says I paid for it, but I don't believe that. It's not leaving my hands. Right. Uh, it's, it's the easiest
1: transaction ever. It's, and, it's, and
2: Mrs. Squeezer uh, is responsible for paying the cable bill, so I don't even see it. So it's not it's like it's free. Right. Uh, but, yeah, and so I like to go five fights back from their most recent ones. That's what? Uh, 24 times 5 is 125 minus 5, so 120 fights. I usually watch and analyze prior to any pay-per-view I purchase.
1: This is UFC?
2: Um, UFC or whatever. Uh, well, yeah, it's tr- usually those are what those cards are like. Same what about card, I, like, WWF? Uh, not so much necessary. I just go in WrestleZone and just read spoilers. <laughs> it's free. Um, or I, I borrow someone else's login and watch it after the fact. But you should never do that, folks. Support the, you know, nah. thing.
1: I, I pay for anyway, it just to watch yeah. wrestling. I don't even watch the pay-per-views. I'm, like, wasted on it. I have it just to watch old shit.
2: Oh, no. I'm actually I'm kind of all in on the yeah, watch more new stuff now and now. You're, or, you're more Mr. More. New product lately. I'm trying. I'm I'm giving it – as long as – well, the trick is what I learned is if I DVR it, I could fast-forward through all the stuff I don't want to watch.
1: Like the wrestling
2: no, the wrestling is what I want to watch.
1: No, I want to watch everything if in between. We come
2: from two separate worlds. We. I want to watch just wrestling.
1: That's why I love old WWF superstars.
2: <laughs> yes, because there's no. It's all, even the wrestling then I would just fast forward through. There it's all like squash matches. Long, yeah, um, I, I watch an hour-long gauntlet match on on SmackDown, and it was phenomenal. Or I, I watch New Japan, you know, all the time now because it's perfect too. It's an hour show, and there's three matches. There's no crap. Um, I love. I need the crap. <laughs> you love the crap. I need it's that. Like, just, I need that cheesy need two box. You need your wrestling like you need your uh, Valentine's Day candies.
1: Um, superfluous and weird. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. Yeah, I gotta look at uh, superfluous. <laughs> <laughs> I need uh the, that shitty two box of the model showing off the eagle feathers he just stole off the tonka did you look it up
2: what's it no sorry I was
1: superfluous bad.
2: oh super... oh yes
1: yeah unnecessary
2: yes i especially
1: through now. being more than enough that's what I like <laughs> um uh, anywho so what's like healthier Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, I'll break it down. Alf's going with Michael, or no? I'm sorry. He would assume most people would pick Michael. Alf is going with Andrew here. Uh, I'll just read this st- strip so I don't conflate this anymore. I think this is a really good matchup. Most people will side with Michael pretty quickly, citing his fought and killed vampires, not Twilight vampires either. And we we're talking about legit vamp killer vampires that have been terrorizing a town. Uh, he's, pivot- he's going with Andrew. Uh, Michael might have killed vampires. He was kind of a bitch about it the entire time. So, like I said, I didn't watch uh Breakfast Club because I've seen it like seven thousand times. That and I don't at no point do I need to see Andrew. I he's a, a state champion wrestler. Yeah. I know it, I could see his skill set. Uh Lost Boys, it's been a little while, so I went back and rewatched it again. And yeah, Michael, um I feel like the movie would have ended the exact same way had Michael not have even been in the movie. Yep. Um, Cause uh, I think that's why I picked him between his brother and one of the Corys and uh, his grandpa with the funky horn on the Jeep,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which why would, if you're going to drive through a wall to kill a vampire, why would you blow the horn before like, you know, driving through the wall? But I do want to point out that, and this is where it all comes down. This is where it comes in, the real fighting thing. It's all about wrestling. If you have wrestling as a base, you control where the fight goes. If you want to stand it up, you can prevent takedowns, and you can punch. If you want to go to the ground, you take the guy down, and you crush him on the ground. So that's where Andrew ha- will dominate Michael. Because in watching this, I realized Michael got taken down by a dog. Okay, that's true. Um, he had one good reversal, and... It just and it just so happened. The only reason that why even paid off was because he threw the stoners uh, from Animal House's <coughs> kid onto a pile of deer heads and like stabbed them with antlers. So I'm going, I'm going, Andrew all the way. Andrew's got the wrestling base. I know he's probably all head fucked now because you know he's hanging out with uh, Bender. Uh, Bender. No, no, not Bender. Uh, what was the what was her name?
1: Oh, the chick.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, Ali Sheedy. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's all messed up from that, but still, he's got that wrestling. You know, that 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 doesn't leave you right away. You know, or he would just give Michael a giant atomic wedgie like he did to uh, uh yeah, but Anthony Michael Hall's friend.
1: If there's no one there to see it,
2: like, can you re- really even give
1: one?
0: Hmm.
2: Do vampires even wear underwear
1: though? Mm, that's true. We don't know. We don't. But he's not a vampire anymore. That's a good point. So now he started wearing regardless. Okay, hold on. I I've got bones to pick. If this motherfucker's not a vampire anymore, how's that motherfucker still a wrestler, Or a state champion?
2: What do you mean? What you get you get laid once and now you're not a wrestler anymore?
1: <laughs> pretty uh, pretty much. No, I'm saying. If if we're like if we're talking post movie, how was yeah. he not a vampire?
2: Because because he lost, as he wasn't a vampire by the end of the movie. Oh oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, remember they killed the head vampire and everything went back to normal. Yeah, I went back to normal. Yeah, it, it, and Andrew's still a wrestler. Yeah, I or did. maybe he quit the team, you know, or you know, to like a big fu to his dad. Okay. Okay. In the end, he still got that wrestling base, right? I I didn't
1: even think about that. I was thinking like he was saying like not movie things. He's saying like in in canon canon, storyline, storyline. He's not a vampire anymore. Oh yeah, then then him Andrew every every time.
2: Yeah, Andrew. And even if Michael was a vampire, even I I still I still go Andrew because like I said, he got taken down by a dog.
1: Right. If he just gets bit, you might see him get a heart on, and that makes it even harder.
2: Yeah, and if you and if Michael even like went and took a shot at Andrew, he would just run at him with his arms straight out, going "ah," because <laughs> that's what they did. Um, all
1: my buddies in high school were wrestlers. One of them mm-hmm. uh, had a movie made about him, John Trench Veritas. Good movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he lost to Kale Sanderson, the current god of NCAA wrestling, twice in the NCAA fan championships. He Kale Sanderson's the coach of Penn State. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, I know wrestling. You gotta go,
1: you gotta go, Andrew. I gotta go, Andrew. Just because yeah. I know how much those guys used to beat my ass for making fun of wrestling.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you do have that uh, vampire complexion, so I we do. have something to work with.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I am. Well, I used to be. Now that I work outside, I have more of a dark complexion. Mm-hmm.
2: But well, I, this time of the year. Yeah, I used. I know. I used. Well, to, no, I, now that you got that big fancy desk, the you know to shade yourself, that's true. Shade, shade you from the sun.
1: Yeah. I I used to be pale squeezer year round though, mm-hmm. like a deep pale.
2: I used to be so much more tan, and then they moved me underneath the concourse. So now I'm so
1: just pale. Yeah, you get really tan. You're fucking. Yeah. I don't even know how you're
2: German. I um. Oh, the, it was great because the player, all the players will all come up to me and just speaking Spanish. <laughs> it's like. They thought it was calling you Poppy like
0: from
2: Dominican or from Venezuela. And, like, I have no idea what yeah, you're saying.
1: You and little Dave, they both think you're Spanish.
2: Oh, but I do want to point out that uh, the real winner in all of this, though, is uh, the good. Uh, he pointed out that even though Andrew gets the victory, the real winner is the saxophone player in San uh, Almo's Oh, no, at the in Lost Boys. Oh, right, right, right. The, I'm, I'm the thinking. Sexy S&M sax player just roided out of his mind. Do we have uh, a. He would basically destroy them all.
1: What about a sax off between him and Rob Lowe's character from St. Elmo's Fire?
2: Oh, I go. I go. uh... Ooh, that is tough because.
1: Hmm. That is one sexy Rob Lowe, too.
2: Yeah, but uh, this uh, Tim Capello. Was the sax player in this? He's also, he was like the sax player for Tina. He's like a session musician, but he mostly played with like Tina Turner and stuff. Um, I don't know, man. There's so well, much, but we're talking characters, characters they, they, not people who play them. People that play them, all right. But are they actually like, so are they gonna wrestle too? Because there's so much oil <laughs> on no, him, I don't think they'd sax off, ever, sax off, like, even touch. Oh, a off? Yeah, it's just
1: playing. It's just playing the sax, buddy.
2: Uh, that beautiful, beautiful horn. You can't, I don't know. I, I can't just. It can't just be. You can't just close your eyes and compare. You, you have to, you know. Listen while also staring at those oily pecs. Oh yeah, so That's why hair. I got to give it to, give it to uh, good old Tim and Lost Boys. All right. All right, now. And I, I don't get me wrong. Rob Lowe is a heartthrob. And he was on Atomic Train. He was,
1: and your favorite show of all time. Oh, yes, which
2: we will get to. Someone Doesn't someone already do a podcast about that? Yeah, it's the oh, West, West, Wing Wing,
1: podcast. West Wing podcast.
2: Uh, Matthew Molina.
1: You and our buddy Dan, big fans.
2: Yes, big fans.
1: All right, um, we're a half hour in, so we might as well talk about rom-coms. How, what do you think, Squeeze?
2: okay uh do we roll the music now or do we just start talking or play a clip or how's this go i'm
1: gonna play a little clip for you here is my first pick oh shit the new system we're running this off is a little tricky so bear with us kids
0: Goldie Hawn has everything money can buy I almost had to wait Kurt Russell has what's left How they fall in love Is priceless Overboard rated PG Merry Christmas from MGM That was the
1: only TV spot I could find Merry Christmas from MGM (laughs) I'm talking Overboard Not that one that came out a few years ago With Anna Faris and the gender reversal the original, 1987. Uh, I think, do you have any Gary Marshall films on your list? Uh, I think, did Gary Marshall do, no, you don't.
2: No, I did, and then, oh yeah, I do. You yeah, do, I do, you do, you do. 1999? Yep. Yeah, you do. Um. I pick, And I picked that specifically because of another one that you had to kind of tie them all together. Uh,
1: so this is
2: obviously Gary Marshall. I mean, fuck, man. He's done
1: so many. He started with this and Beaches. I mean, this guy was set to be the rom-com, rom-com king. of, And I, his sister directed an, a movie I'm uh, talking about a little later. So the Marshall family plays heavily into um, our picks today if to say the least, squeezer.
0: hmm
2: It's a uh, a what do you call that? A Homage. Fulcrum? Fulcrum. A pivot. A pivot. point. A, a, a cornerstone of um Yes.
1: So um I don't know if you know this, but I am a huge Kurt Russell Mark. Oh absolutely. Big fan of Kurt Russell. And for that matter his He's wife, my Wyatt Earp. Yeah, his wife, Goldie Hahn. And um, the two of them together on screen is pure chemistry. Uh, so I, I'll give you a spoiler. Did, I don't mind if I might have said this on the show, but did you watch that uh,
2: new Santa movie on uh, Netflix? Uh, was no, called? no. Did we talk about this on the show or just in person? You were so, trying to sell me on it. Oh, it was
1: so good. Um, Kurt Russell plays Santa, and he plays it really well. And then at the end, all right, spoilers, cover your ears if you don't want to hear it, if you didn't listen to it this Christmas. But uh, at the end, it, there's a scene where he's with Mrs. Claus, and it's played by Goldie Hawn. It's just fucking adorable. Oh, snap. That's awesome. I know. It's so great. So great. Yeah, I just love Kurt Russell and everything he does. And I think in this movie, him and his – they're not married. They've just been together forever, which I love. I love that about them. Um hmm So it's, you know, the story he's, this feels like it could be you. Uh, Did did you overboard a a Mrs. Squeezer?
2: No. Are you sure? It's not a bad idea. No, No, I, I just, I, she worked for me and I, uh. Are you sure you
1: weren't building some sort of shoe, shoe rack for her on her yacht and she fell overboard?
2: I should build her a shoe rack. I mean, I mean, if if we're just talking, I could do that for Valentine. We can stop the show now, and I'll build her a shoe rack. <laughs> shoe a shoe vac, a shoe rack for Valentine's Day. I'm sure she'd like either
1: shoe vac, shoe rack. She probably overboarded you. You don't even know it. What's a shoe vac? Like you, you get the lint out of your shoes. Or no, huh. I got a shoe vac idea. When well, you know when you come in and you got like all those shoes at the landing and you need to put them away. You turn yeah. the shoe back, it, picks them, it sucks them all up, and then it deposits so, them in the closet.
2: Oh, so like like a central vac system for your shoes. But a shoe it... vac. <laughs> all right, hang on. We got to... All right, well, oh, hold on. Write this right now.
1: Copyright, trademark, 2019, Radier's Productions. Shoe vac. That, that could be a shirt. <laughs> we got their assholes and knives and shoe back for is your house covered in shoes yes <laughs> do you walk uh, all just,
2: around tripping on shoes I, I know i know we talk about doing youtube content one thing i can definitely do uh, more than qualified for is to shoot a shitty infomercial well with and, the shoe
1: vac, you don't have to worry about tripping
2: over any shoes again <sighs> I could picture like the really uncomfortable black and white recreations of yeah, people yeah, yeah. like just yeah. to their death a pile <laughs> of shoes. <Yeah. laughs> like overdramatic. dramatic <laughs> Like you bend over you're looking for your shoes and you trip in a pile and like they hit their head on the wall and they're just laying there and like the puddle of blood.
1: <laughs> they all look like that emoji with their arms like up with their hands out, like what do <laughs> I do? The shoe vac, we'll solve, it. and for five easy payments of one ninety nine ninety nine, but installation fees. Yeah, but that's all I talked about. later. That's all. That's all said by the micro machine man. Really
2: quickly at the end of the uh, information. Uh, yeah. All right. We also need a free. Uh, what do they get with it? Oh, like a shoehorn. Yeah. Free of charge. Uh, but that's not all.
1: Processing. If you order within the next twenty minutes, we'll throw in the mega shoe bag. The, if you buy the Shoe Vac Squeezer, the bag we give you
2: for free can hold three pairs Why? of if shoes. Paul Heyman selling me a Shoe Vac?
1: Or should I do it as Paul Heyman?
2: Uh, Allow I, thought, me I thought you were. Oh, yeah. I'm just in just <laughs> the high voice. You're slowly slipping into it.
1: Allow me, sir, to sell you the Shoe Vac, sir. It collects three pairs of shoes at a time. But for a small fee, I will throw in
2: the Mega Bag, which could collect
1: four. <laughs> <laughs> four pairs of shoes
2: oh i'm gonna need a uh, c- can we can we get this thing where it doesn't even have a bag but it can just empty into like a dumpster
1: <laughs> well i mean there's gonna be add-ons like you 50,
2: could a 55 gallon drum adapter that i could just have a barrel of shoes with the add-on
1: service contract you get the catalog for uh accessories okay yeah we can't give you that accessory catalog unless you get the service contract though
2: how does this work? Does this like is this embedded into your wall and hidden, or is there just tubing that we just run through their house?
1: Oh yeah, it looks like you have,
2: like, because I- I'm picturing this not like just a vat, like a standalone thing. Like I picture deposits the shoes back in your closet upstairs, so it- it- it's like like the tube system it's basically like future oh, no, 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 your no. sneakers
1: you're talking about the mega shoe vac like we're ta- oh, we're, okay. we're we're selling the handhold one the mega one you know which is as five easy payments of six ninety nine, which is a great price and i'll even knock half of one of those second payments uh down to six eighty nine.
2: oh oh <laughs> if not 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 not, not-
1: Right, Listen, I, I can't
2: give you... 689, not 679, but 669.
1: I can't give you that friend price for long. You got to call in the next 20 minutes. You got to call the 900 number, which is 295 for the first minute, $5 each additional minute. And you within the next 20 minutes, and say that Ryan sent you, RK sent you, and you'll get that deal. Secondly, the Mega Shoe vac Squeeze, uh, your friends might come over and say... I didn't know you had a hamster tubing for your cats. No. (laughs) See those shoes? What shoes? Yeah, that's right. Mega shoe vac. What it does is, Squeezer, this is an all-in-one HVAC shoe vacuum system. Sucks up shoes, and it knows with smart technology that's proprietary, and I can't tell you about what shoes are yours and what are guest's. Guests immediately down to the furnace. It's eating your house. This thing's
2: paying for itself. Wait, wait, wait. So I'm burning the, my guest's shoes? Yes. How do they leave? That's their problem. That's going to be really uncomfortable and awkward.
1: Where'd your shoes go? Uh, and then you go, though, where'd my shoes go? Oh, it's smash, really warm here. Smash cut. Smash cut to you and Mrs. Squeezer taking off your your fleece vests and giving the emoji hands up. I don't know, but I'm certainly comfortable with household warmth.
2: Oh. This devolved quickly. (laughs) What are we talking about? Uh, overboard with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn shoe bag though. That, right? the <laughs> we
1: saw overboard. Oh my God. My mom and her freaking like I could pick most of my rom-coms and I've mm-hmm. seen most of them <clears throat> based on like movies. My mom's made us watch overboard was one of them. I don't know why she, she loved Kurt Russell, like from those old Disney movies, like the computer war or tennis shoes or whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: He was in tons of those. So, um, and she loved Goldie, too. Who doesn't? But uh, so as far as rom-com goes, this is a good one. But like a lot of them, this falls in my like, OK, this is kind of creepy and you should probably be in prison list.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. In fact, I, I was going down. Mine? Uh, not not so much. There were a lot of them, though, like in my, my short list of uh, uh, what was the one that was just really fucking creepy? Oh, While You Were Sleeping.
1: Oh, yeah, that's creepy. That's fucking creepy. This is creepy. A woman falls off, has brain damage, suffering from amnesia. Yes. And he, I don't, does he rape her?
2: Uh, Technically, legally, I would assume it
1: is. Yeah. He starts, he makes this woman think she's his wife Mm -hmm. and makes him, like, his slave, like, caregiver to his children.
2: Technically, I'm fairly certain they would... You'd be able to call this kidnapping. It's kidnapping. It's imprisonment,
1: slavery, rape, probably, and sexual mm-hmm. deviance.
2: Yeah. But for some reason, it's fucking charming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and then, you know, she realizes she wanted, you know, to be an indentured servant in I, the end. I think my mom would have been okay with Kurt Russell indenturing her as into servitude. W- what if your mom was already on a yacht? With, with my dad. Oh, okay. Good point. <laughs>
1: and me and Chris and Lisa. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. She definitely would have went overboard with Kurt Russell.
2: But what if it's like Snake uh, Pliskin, Kurt Russell? Still. Then I'm all in. Yeah, I would have went with. Mom, take me with. No. <laughs> that would have been her response. Hanging out with him and Donald Pleasance. <laughs> oh. I want... My
1: brother would want... Uh, McCaffrey brothers from Backdraft, Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah, he wanted, oh, us- I'm sure he had fantasies. Oh, god, he wanted us to be the McCaffrey brothers so bad. And then that's my Donald Sutherland, like, you burned him, didn't you? <laughs> you burned the little girl. Good movie, but yeah, overboard. That's a romantic comedy.
2: Where are they? I- and I would even say, dare, dare I say, it's more like uh, on the listers. There's, there's like your true, like very stereotypical romantic comedy, but then there's comedies that have like the romance uh, element, and then there's romances that have the comedic element.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, like on on the scale, I would say this is a comedy with the romance elements.
1: Um, I would concur with that, Squeezer. I would concur.
2: We'll call it the Sliding Rom-Com uh, RK Squeezer Scale. Yeah,
1: yeah. What's the <coughs> scientific abbreviation? Sliding
2: Rom- uh, Hang on, RK. let me write it out. Squeezer Scale. Sliding. It's
1: the slide S-R-C.
2: S-R-C. Uh, sliding Romcom.
1: R-K- Squeezer scale. Seven letters. SQ. Oh, so you get The
2: Circus Circ or Circirx. The Circus list.
1: Circus. Okay. It's uh scientific dated people. Treat it with respect. All right, uh, let's talk about your first picture, squeezer.
0: It was the holiday season, and all through the house, two hearts were clicking with the help of a mouse. Do you think we should meet? Meet? This December 18th, Warner Brothers and the director of Sleepless in Seattle are reconnecting Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. So who is he, I wonder? Oh, why are you touching them? You've got mail. May I please come up? Rated PG. Starts Friday,
1: December 18th. The rom com for the internet generation.
2: <clears throat> uh, this was, I was trying to figure out, was this like the first one that really took advantage of that uh, internet tech landscape to kind of push its story? No, I
1: think that was The Net, the 1996 picture by Sandra Bullock.
2: Well, wait, this yeah, might but, have been
1: 95. When was this,
2: 98? Uh, you got mail with 98. Yeah, but The Net wasn't a rom com. That's true. Well to some people. Well yeah, I'm sure. Um but I mean it's it's Tom Hanks. And adorable Tom Hanks. So adorable. And Meg Ryan. In this was their I think third film together. Yeah. Um which is funny because, like, you think of, and we'll get to them. There's a certain uh, romantic comedy couple out there. That, like, oh, they're in everything together. No, oh, it was two movies, and we will get to those. Yeah, <laughs> um, we'll talk about both of them. Yes, uh, but Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Uh, they got uh, first. They were in Joe versus Volcano, and then they also did Sleepless in Seattle. Which, without even thinking of it, I just put Sleepless on in Seattle, like on my like short list, is along with this. Is that a rom-com? <clears throat> Yeah, I guess. I never seen i More romance. Seen. Yeah. Uh it's not it's not a, a, as a dream as like uh doe eyed as this. This really is, uh, I'm not going to lie. And I come off as kind of a an ass sometimes. This is a really sweet movie. i
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm not uh I'm not going to uh, phrase it any other way. Um there, there are some rom-coms out there. There are movies out there in general that just... Where people do really, you know, creepy shit. Like, you know, kidnap a amnesic woman. Or, you know, just the, the characters. There's always someone that's unlikable. Or that, that everyone has... These people have issues that you just... You would not want to actually even be friends with that person. Yeah. Um, or... And then there's also, like, the, the, the awful... They the the real cheap out with the boyfriend, and we'll get to that in uh, one of the movies too. Like or like the the they just make the the other partner that they have to like ditch for their new love. It's, like so easy, you know. This this didn't have that. This is such a like a sweet, very simple, um, story of, of two booksellers in the mid '90s uh, using the internet, um, which I. They don't see any foreboding whatsoever in this movie as they're using um, the Internet and talking about their book-selling businesses. Um, Tom Hanks, who is the – Joe Fox, who owns uh, Fox Books, which is like basically the Barnes & Noble's borders of its day, they're coming into town and wiping out – not intentionally, but eventually it's going to happen – all the mom and pop bookstores that meg ryan runs
1: can we do uh, a can we do a sequel where uh, joe fox realized that he's been hiding something his whole life and has like a what app relationship with uh jeff
2: bezos of amazon <laughs> oh well i actually already had sorry uh, i didn't go that route um, but I already I already had a sequel where uh, Fox Books <laughs> gets absorbed by a pet food company that's a subsidiary of an uh, internet service provider company, and then he has to go and work with Meg Ryan in her shop, and her bookstore basically just sells Funko Pops now to stay afloat.
0: Oh.
1: I mean, I'm sure she would. I kind of took it to that next level, how the big bookstore, killed the small bookstore. I guess... Because a small bookstore is making a comeback because they sell like exclusive vinyl and Funko Pops. Yes. It could be like a pegging situation.
2: Interesting. You like Interesting. That? You
1: like where I'm going with that? Yeah. Um, and kids, if you're comfortable, look up pegging. If not, you know, don't.
2: And then clear your browser history.
1: <laughs> There's so many like funny people, and you've got mail. Dave oh, Chappelle.
2: Dave Chappelle kills it in this, and he's barely in it.
1: Steve Zahn, Greg Kinnear, Parker Posey, like mm-hmm. hysterical fucking people. Yeah, I mean, David um, Coleman is fucking hysterical. He plays yeah. the dad.
2: Um, some of uh, Dave Chappelle's exchanges, um, back and forth when uh, he's setting him up. It's like, do you like her? It's like, uh, no. She's like, well, it is her. I, I did it not do that any justice. But it just the dialogue, the conversation. I mean, it, it's written and directed by Nora Ephron. Right. She knows what she's doing. Oh yeah. Um. I mean, is it. when Harry Met Sally? Is that a rom com? I'd never seen it. Oh, I, I was being sarcastic. It absolutely. It's like the pinnacle of them. Uh, and she, well, she also did Sleepless in Seattle, so this was the second time you know that she'd be working with. Uh you know, the so two of them.
1: When Harry Met Sally, um, that's the one that's known for her fake in the orgasm. Isn't that Meg yes. Ryan too? Uh
2: yeah, that is Meg Ryan, isn't it?
1: it, it is, right? Yeah, when Harry Met Sally, yeah. Mm. Sally Albright.
2: So. Yeah. I just I don't know. No, Rob I, Reiner I
1: Rob she wrote when Harry Met Sally. Rob Reiner directed.
2: Yes. Rob Reiner is also on my list too later today. This this is uh like a very uh what's that word um incestuous circle I guess of rom coms. <clears throat> sure is, buddy. Um, and th- the only thing though that really kind of uh, takes away at this is, and I mean, I get it; it's part of the story. But the whole "you got mail" the AOL thing really kind of hits you over the head.
1: Yeah, it does. Well, they probably. Copped up a paid nice...
2: A, paid a handsome sum for that.
1: Right. Uh, was it before or after the AOL? It was after the AOL-Time Warner merger, right?
2: It was version 4.0 oh, that they boy. were using. Wow. I can tell you that. Because I saw that in a little trivia facts that I can, then copied down.
1: i I be honest with you? I do love this movie.
2: <laughs> it is... Yeah. It, 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 my, the one thing I wrote down was, you root for them. Oh, yeah. Like, there are other... I'm like, you know what, just don't, they're not, like I said before, they're not likable. These are just two likable people. Yeah. And they do, their chemistry is great, and it's. I like bookstores too. Yeah. I like the, yes, I like the idea of, just like you like the idea of sugary cereal and candy, I like the idea of bookstores. (laughs) And I read books and you eat candy. (laughs) You don't really eat candy though. No, not really. Yeah, it's not like a good... So if I we, see a bag of Skittles lying around, I'm not going to not eat them, but the can Skittles aren't candy. They're raindrops directly from a rainbow.
1: If you see a bag of Skittles sitting next to a bag of cheese ends, you're probably going to go for the cheese ends, too.
2: Well, I'm going to put the bag of Skittles in my pocket, and I'm going to eat the cheese ends, because <laughs> Skittles don't go bad.
1: <laughs> you never commented on that... Um, I was in that little mini mart, and they were selling lunch meat ends. Where was this? I sent you that. I sent you and Brad that picture of the the, the packaged at the Renders Express lunch meat ends. What's this, what's exactly? Yeah, lunch meat ends. It was yeah. tur- turkey and provolone. It was only eighty seven cents. That's not bad. No, it was like... I don't know what I would do with turkey ends though.
2: That's kind of weird.
1: I just thought it was funny. It was, the, the label on it says lunch
2: meat ends. <laughs> yeah, so you get a. I, I do like a good. Uh, if, if I had to go ends, I would go like a Lebanon bologna end.
1: Oh, because it's like, it's almost like a ring It's bologna.
2: basically like ring bologna, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those beef hearts. Yeah.
1: It's good stuff. Oh. Anything else that <laughs> you got mail?
2: Uh, no, it's just, uh, if, if you gotta pick a romantic comedy for this Valentine's day, this is one of those that isn't infuriating. That's true. My next one isn't either. And it's so, at the same time, it is so time stamped with the AOL thing. And especially for this audience, if you do have to watch romantic comedy, uh, you kind of get a chuckle out of it too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little retrospect.
1: Right. And, and when people actually feared big bookstores and they weren't just as fucked as the little store.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, okay. Um, my next pick is probably one of my top ten favorite movies, not just rom-coms. Huh. of the song tube of wonderful by david pierner of soul asylum written for the movie chasing amy i love chasing amy Mm -hmm. i think i've talked about it before on the show haven't i
2: um not specifically i think i don't think it's been a formal pick
1: was one of the first times i ever went to the 19th street theater
2: Oh, uh, I guess, yeah, that's where you would have to have gone and seen it, right?
1: Yeah, so I got caught watching Mallrats, and there's some nudie scenes in Mallrats. So my mom, it was 95, my mom caught me, and she was like pissed, because I was watching both, she caught me watching both, um, and they both ended up being some of my favorite movies, Mallrats and Pulp Fiction. (laughs)
0: Mind you you mind. know what?
2: In hindsight, I don't. I think all kids should see Pulp Fiction at a young age. <laughs> I agree. It's a brilliant film. It it's all about time. storytelling. Oh. The violence is um, the majority. of The violence is actually off-screen, which actually makes it more impactful. But oh, yeah. still,
1: yeah, there's another scene that's off-screen that really fucks your head too when you're 13 years old. Mm, good point. <laughs> what is he doing to that black guy? <laughs> uh. Zed's dead. That's at least he gets his compliments right away and it makes you yeah. feel better. I know that's how I felt watching. I was like, Oh, thank God, he's dead.
2: I was so bummed he didn't pick the chainsaw. <laughs>
1: yeah, or the bat would have been fun. Oh, yeah,
2: but I, I as a fan of Doom, uh, that's true. Yeah, chainsaw, or, but I understand the samurai sword, there's significance yeah. there. I get it. Storytelling, blah, blah, blah. So,
1: uh, I, I uh, saw Marats and I loved it so much and I got really into Jan, Sal, and Bob that I went and saw. I No, I remember when I saw Clerks. Mm-hmm. I was it was, I was downstairs and I was watching. I heard about Clerks on the bus. I'm like, oh, you like Marats? Watch Clerks. And I was like, oh, okay. And people thought it was shot because it's black and white. It was shot from the perspective of the security camera. No, it's just because they couldn't afford color film. Yeah. But Kevin's like, sure, that works, whatever. <laughs> so, um, my friends were talking about clerks on the bus. Like, oh, you like mall rats. You'll love like clerks. You got to see clerks, 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 clerks. So one day I'm sitting there and I'm watching something in black and white. I don't even really realize what it is. Cause it's kind of before, um, like we had like TV guide. on our thing. We always knew what we were watching. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's Dwayne Gill from, uh, uh, mall rats. And, you know, I'm watching this and I'm getting kind of into it. And then, boom, Jan Barber, And I'm like, oh, shit, this must be Clerks. And it is now uh, a top five for me. It's a movie I watch constantly. You know how much I love Clerks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it, it, it. Clerks, like, I don't know what the word to use for my style of filmmaking. <laughs> like Clerks, you, knowing me and knowing Clerks. Mm-hmm. clerks is a big film for people like me thinking oh i can do this yeah you know i'm all about telling the story on the page not through the and l-
2: and not caring about
1: not through the lens or anything, anything. yeah right <laughs> um so yeah uh that led me to then i heard they were in production with the third movie i remember i saw the trailer for chasing Amy and I'm like it's the it's the guys from like Ben Affleck no one knew who the fuck he was yet I'm like it's the guys from or Jason Lee for that matter I'm like from Mallrats they're in a new movie I'm like it's by this Kevin Smith you know because at that point we we're all like Kevin Smith Kevin Smith and um, <clears throat> I just assumed it was like Mallrats too it's the same characters that's what I thought I was like and they're friends now <laughs> like that's how stupid I was uh, well, you
2: no,
1: know, and I want you, I, were, you were what like 13 14 14 yeah so when I watched it, it really didn't hit with me because it wasn't like slapstick, stupid, funny, like Mallrats. No. And and it wasn't like – like Clerks just pulls you in with good stories. They're talking about Star Wars. They're talking about nonsense. You know what I mean?
2: You know, you're having like, sex with a dead guy in the right, bathroom. Right, exactly.
1: The deeper shit in Clerks doesn't really hit you until you're older. And Mallrats, there's no deepness in it. But Chasing Amy is like a really personal and deep story. And it's not mm-hmm. – just about a lesbian and a guy. It could be about a guy and a guy, a girl and a girl, a guy and a girl. It could be anything. Because <clears throat> it's, it's, a, it's a story that resonates with a lot of us. And by the time I'm in college, you know, and I've, you know, actually had girlfriends. Like, I completely got Chasing Amy. You know, letting your own insecurities come back and haunt you.
2: I do it every day.
1: Right. Exactly. And um, it's it's also funny, and, like, the story behind them making it for $250,000. So Kevin, like, pitched this. And this is stuff that's not on Wikipedia, but if you've seen – I mean, if I, I've listened to Kevin speak forever. Mm-hmm. He's told this story. But he pitched the story. He gave the script into Miramax, and they're like, okay, but you can't make it with your friends. We want to make it with David Schwimmer and Drew Barrymore and John Stewart. And Kevin was like, I'd rather, because they were going to give him like $13 because <clears throat> he just made a huge budget, well, big budget for him, rats, and they were like, give him another big budget, but you got to use these actors. He's like, no, no, what if I do it for $250,000, uh, can I use my friends? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, fuck it. And then poor <laughs> Scott Mosier, that was like that was like me as Kevin and you as Scott Mosier. All right, we have $250,000,
2: that's more <laughs> than enough money, let's get this movie made. <laughs> How much it costs just to rent the camera? Right. The story, Location fees.
1: The story of them almost like ruining their comic book, their, their con they made at the beginning because all the lights were up near the sprinklers.
0: Oh,
2: and, no.
1: Yeah. And this isn't like modern day LED lights. This is...
2: I oh, wouldn't use them anyway. So <clears> there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I prefer... Like when they get rid of incandescence completely and they're illegal to buy, like lighting and television will never look the same.
2: No. I, I don't think it's ever gonna go. There's always gonna be something there.
1: They're they're making it illegal though to make contestants at some point, right? But that's for home use, not professional.
2: Yeah, it'll be professional use and then it'll just be more expensive.
1: Yeah, they'll just be super bulb be hundred dollars. Uh yeah, this is um I mean it's a it's a special movie, and if you've never seen it, I mean it's crass and it's it's dated. There's some things. You know, in there that you can't get away with saying in 2019, but in two, 1996, at where Kevin was in his life. Uh, you know, I like Dogma, but a lot of people say this was his last movie where he actually had something to say. Uh, even, you know, he might say, like, he, he always says, I'm known for clerks and chasing Amy, you know. Uh, um, but I'm excited for Jen, on Bob reboot. Yeah. I have an idea how to make clerks. Clerks would be more poignant in 2019 almost than it was in 94, I think. Hmm. Think about a clerk's job now, where most of them are going the way of the computer.
2: Oh, you have even less to do, yeah. Right. Well, what's the business next door? Because you don't have a video store now.
1: Exactly, that too, a video store. So what do you have?
2: um let's see uh what replaces the video store starbucks i guess because i mean to me like the video store like it it's it served a different purpose it wasn't just a store vape shop (laughs) vape shop. i guess yeah it was but no because your convenience store is your vape shop you know it's oh vinyl record store Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Uh, a Funko but,
1: uh, Pop comic book shop, Funko Pop shop.
2: Uh, in... yeah, I don't think it can be replaced. Like a hot topic. <laughs> a hot topic. Yeah, I don't. But I don't. I don't think there's anything today that fits that same style or mold or purpose that a video store served, where it was like a community. You know, and you had your clerk that was supposed to help you out picking a movie. I
1: think you're romanticizing a video store more than as a community. Like, how was it a community?
2: Oh, because you'd go there and you, you... Yeah, I guess you're right. Fuck <laughs> I don't... I. It, this is, like... I'm I'm talking like I actually enjoy being around people.
1: It was like a video store is ritualistic. I get that, but in no way it was a community. I was almost more insulated there than I was anywhere else because I'd go there and I'd get my bubble and look for the tape I wanted for hours.
2: Ah, good point. Although it probably would, and I would actually spend less time in a video store physically walking around to pick a movie than just sitting on my couch scrolling through Netflix for an hour and a half and then falling asleep without actually ever picking anything.
1: <laughs> exactly. And now, like, I get that ritualisticness out of like going to Target. <clears throat> Seeing, I, I walk through, like, I, I have my sections. I walk through, like, the big boy toys, which are like the Pops and the NECA toys. Mm-hmm. Um, then I hit, like, the little boy toys, um, which board are board like, games. No, like uh, when well, I go through the video game section and I, I see like the WWF figures, I love those mm-hmm. Mattel retros, even though they're never anywhere. I feel one day I'm going to walk into Target and they're going to have the HBK one and I'll just buy it. Um, I look at the Jurassic Park toys, the mm-hmm. Star Wars for our buddy Jason. Um, you know, I check them out and then I go down and I like to look at other stuff like sleeping stuff and you know mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy it. Target just
2: perusing
1: yeah because I have my headsets in I'm listening to a podcast or music it's like a nice like little walk to level your head and and especially it's kind of like um
2: and you can go to Pizza Hut and get a personal pan pizza
1: you can that's that's the joke whenever we're by the one place near there and the guys want to go to eat I'm like oh we're going to the uh Pizza Hut Express inside Target who wants to go with
2: it's not bad
1: no, most of the guys say yes until I have to break it to them that
2: I'm just joking. Eventually, we're just gonna drag you there. I don't care. I'm gonna. I can go. I can get a Starbucks and a per, and a Pizza Hut pizza at the same time. Oh, that's, we would have been there tonight if we were working
1: because of weather. It got canceled.
2: Yeah, I know.
1: That's where we would have been because that's that's where I've been the last two times when I actually. Have gone on my lunch break just to Target and walked around. Well,
2: you would have gone there. I would have gone across street and paid a uh, an exorbitant fee for an overpriced hoagie.
1: Oh yeah, those. I still like Wawa better than Primos.
2: Yeah, but it has a place. You need a break every now and then. And
1: my first job is right there. Yeah. The sub, the subway that made me a man. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time in that gas station. Yeah, that's my that's that was my taxica right there, right? Next to Primo's. That Primo's was my Books and More where I bought all my books. Oh, such good memories. All right, ready for your second pick?
0: Sure. The bride is walking down the aisle. Maggie Carpenter is walking down the aisle. Seems very confident in her approach. She's at the first pew. The bride seems to be a bit hesitant. She's turning She's turning in. Oh, she's running. Where's she 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 going? Lock the door! She likes to dump grooms right at the altar. Plows down the aisle, knocking old ladies out of her way like the running of the bulls in Pamplona. I'm
2: profoundly and irreversibly screwed up.
1: I have been accused of using this column to direct bitter diatribes at the opposite sex. I could. What is this, squeeze?
2: This is the trailer to one such runaway bride. Runaway Bride, eh? yes, uh, the the second of uh, two movies uh, starring the ever present uh, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts.
1: But it was only two movies.
2: Uh, yeah, yep. Everyone's like, oh my god, they're like the romantic comedy, blah blah blah. No, they were. This was the second movie that they were ever in together. Right. Um. It's uh. It is the quintessential like just generic come up with a concept and make it a romantic comedy romantic comedy oh those are my favorite yeah uh just uh almost like uh i don't want to say uh how do i say cookie cutter um mad lib it's it's the mad lib uh uh romantic comedy and this is it's a gary marshall film um and it did incredibly well uh a three hundred nine million dollar box office draw. What was um, it made for? Like hundred fifty bucks. It well, it was made for that, but I'm sure with having Richard Gere and Julia Roberts in it, it cost a total of seventy million. Uh, I you know for a fact the majority of that money went to uh, Shmuffin, payroll.
1: Schmuffin, what are you doing? She's all r- hi, Schmuffin.
2: Welcome Shmuffin. to the show.
1: She's all riled up. She's playing like a a kitty. What are you doing? What are you doing, Schmuffin? Uncle Squeezer's trying to talk about Gary Marshall movies. All right, continue, Uncle Squeezer.
2: Uh, It was number one for its week. And I just, I I went with this one because I figured we'd round out the the group. And I guess we should have talked and actually laid this show out a little bit better. Um, But it's one of those, I should never have seen this movie, you know, as a, how old was I? nine plus seven so 16 17 year old kid a boy in in the late 90s or early 2000 maybe we had on vhs because we saw at home i I should never have seen this movie why why would i want to see this but uh at the time i'm living with uh mom and sister and it's a friday night i don't have a life um my friends are like knocking on doors saying Hey, come outside i'm like no it's outside i'm not going to go out in public now i'm going to stay in here and go in the basement and play playstation
1: right were they knocking um, on the windows covered
2: with blankets you've heard that story you told it on this podcast yes. uh yeah creepy um yeah i was just yeah i was like a shut-in i would just you yeah, know cover all the windows because i just would want to They'd want me to come out and do something, and I would just want to sit there and play, n sixty-four all day because I would get lost in my, uh, in high roll.
1: If I don't take care of this body in the basement now, it's going to start smelling.
2: <laughs> well, there's that too, yeah. Um, but this was one of those movies that uh, my mom, my sister, they they rented, and we're watching and it's one of those situations where you're you know you're kind of walking through and you catch it and you stop and stand there and watch for a second and then you walk away you do something you come back and you see it again you stop and you stand there and watch and the next thing you know you don't even sit down to watch but you're standing there for 45 minutes to an hour watching a movie commenting you know being snarky about it under your breath taking shots at it making jokes they shush you Meanwhile, you're only doing that as cover because now you want to see how the movie ends because now you're kind of committed and you're just standing there actually watching the movie, but you don't want to let them know that you actually are. <laughs> I'll admit it. Um, uh, not my favorite movie on on my list. I I had to pick I had to pick one of those like you know we'll call them Mad Lib uh, romantic comedies, and what what blew my mind was um. This was, like, in the works um, for, like, ten years. They're trying to develop this damn movie. Um, and, basically, it was all about just casting. Right. It was one of those things, like, they, they had the idea, and they're just a hundred suits in a room, and everyone has their guy, and it's just throwing names out. And then, you know, trying to get the money to get that actor and that actor. And um, actually, when you say development, it was probably in production for a month to shoot. Um, But it was it was all about just talent wrangling um, for basically 10 years and, you know, scripts bouncing back and forth and stuff like that. Uh, But it's a story of a a woman who uh, she is getting married for the third time. And now she has the nickname of the Runaway Bride, and she gets a... Uh, Was this based
1: uh, on a true story?
2: Maybe. I mean, everything's based on a true story, if you think about it. Yeah, all right. I mean, it's not like t- Titanic true story. Um, I should have put that on my romantic comedy list.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a good huh.
2: one, too. Yeah. Um...
1: I like when you draw me like one of your French girls. (laughs) Uh,
2: But it... uh, What was I saying? Oh, yeah. She uh, gets all this attention. And so they send in this reporter from New York. And it's this... uh, It's this playing against the whole stereotypical uh, New Yorker, East Coast, snobby... uh, big city reporter going into the little town kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it, you know, you almost think that like, you, you ask yourself, is this a parody or is this like putting, holding up a mirror to romantic comedies or, or anything like that? And the answer is no, <laughs> it's not. It's just kind of following along the tropes. Um, and he's following her. And by basically, being the reporter and following her around, he gets to know her and he falls in love with her. Blah, blah, blah. He stands up for her. He ends up kissing her at the rehearsal dinner. Uh, the guys from law and order SVU who she's going to marry punches him in the face. Um, and then, uh, they go their separate ways and then she ends up back in New York and then they have this big monologue and, uh, uh, that's it and then they yeah then they get she doesn't
1: run away bride from him
2: she doesn't because then after the credits they show a little (laughs) clip of them like playing in the snow so like look like six months later and we're still together but did they get married because he because he yeah they got married they got they eloped they didn't have like a big ceremony so i guess like the whole point was that she she learned that she was just pretending to be someone else to appease everyone um and that no one married her for i don't i don't know like they were marrying her because they she was famous for being the runaway bride but i mean it's only the third time so it's not like she did it all the time wasn't I mean, that famous. that would mean like the second guy she ran away once and then like the, so the third guy oh yeah and christopher maloney who you know plays her boyfriend he plays like this real over-the-top jackass uh, like jock coach that's doing all the stereotypical, like, you know, uh, it's the
1: showers boys.
2: Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like, you know, like mind game stuff and you know, toughen up, you got this and picture yourself mental imaging of you walking down the aisle and it's just exhausting.
1: I th- I'm exhausted
2: listening to it. Yeah. I'm. Sorry about that. But uh, I felt like this was necessary to round it all out, okay. uh, eventually in reverse in a sense
1: <clears throat> makes sense. Um, oh,
2: also we get some good FedEx truck product placement in there because she ran away on a FedEx truck. I'm sure that cost them a pretty penny too.
1: You pay, if you want the runaway bride to run away on a FedEx truck, doot doot doot.
2: I mean you think about it, it was also ninety nine, so it was right around the same time as you got mail, and I'm sure there's uh, you know, word going around. It's like, hey, we could stick a, we can get some ads in these movies. I bet that guy
1: uh, who's going to marry her um, would have liked to be on the FedEx plane that crashes in Castaway
2: to get away oh, from yeah. her. Huh? No. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I get it because Tom Hanks was in Castaway. Am I reaching? And we talked about Tom Hanks two movies ago. We did, and um, that's there's FedEx in that movie, and there is FedEx in that movie. And there's a romance.
1: It's true. There's a romance between a man and a volleyball. Yes. All right. Um, I think it's my turn again. So, without further ado, Mr. Squeezer.
0: So, okay. Like right now, for example, the Haitians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? And it's like, when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right, people came that, like, did not RSVP. So
1: I was, like, totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, squish in extra place
0: settings, and, like, people were on mismatched chairs and all. But by the end of the day, it was, like, the more the merrier. And so, if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some
1: things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Wow. You guys talk like grown-ups.
0: Oh, well,
1: this is a really good school I'm talking the movie Clueless from 1996 squeeze the
2: Hadians. I know exactly why you picked this movie I'll let you get to him I mean get to it later
1: <laughs> oh it was 1996 I was a growing boy is that what we're talking about
2: No, I was talking about you being infatuated with Paul Rudd. Oh, oh. God damn it. All right, so I I have
1: to be honest about my Paul Rudd infatuation. Mm -hmm. I used to not like him. What? Uh, In this movie and Romeo and Juliet, I thought he was trying to be like a pretty boy douchebag. Like, I didn't get his charm yet. Like, I didn't fall full in love. At that point, I was in love with Alicia Silverstone. Ugh. I didn't meet. The good, I didn't fall for the charms of Paul Rudd yet. So it wasn't until I think it was Judd Apatow that really let him off the leash, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: was like, just do Paul Rudd things. That's like my favorite thing about watching the Ant Man series of movies. Like we just watched Ant Man and the Wasp last weekend. Like the director said, he just told Paul Rudd to do Paul do Paul Rudd stuff. Like when he's like. Like around the house doing nothing. hmm And it's it's fucking hysterical playing like that little drum set. Have you seen Ant-Man and the Wasp yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he's playing that little drum set that they get the to yeah. play. Like he's he's so Paul Rudd in that movie. Oh god. Um You can't say you're not infatuated with his charm.
2: I I, I think he's fantastic. I think he's a great actor and seems like a really nice guy. <laughs>
1: Don't you just want to have a beer with him and watch a baseball game?
2: Yeah, but your reaction, your shudder did not say have a beer with him and watch baseball. It more came off as you just you want him to snuggle you.
1: So I'm going to break his ankles and chain into a bed. So what? <laughs> uh, Paul Rudd he's so charming. I think it I think my favorite Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd movie is I Love You, Man.
2: I didn't see "I Love You, Man."
1: Wow, oh, with Jason Segel, it's so funny. So it's it's probably one of the funniest movies ever. Squeezer, you really? I think it's on uh, Netflix right now.
2: I'll put it on my list.
1: Give it. No, watch it right tonight.
2: Uh, I started watching those Ted Bundy tapes.
1: He's um, oh okay yeah we Enchantress tr- uh, started watching those when she couldn't sleep one night when we were on the couch and I was having like a forensic files. It's it's very forensic files like, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I was, I, I only, I'm i only like a half hour in the first episode. So.
1: I was having like forensic file nightmares.
2: Yeah, it, I want to watch all those shows, but most of the time when I tune in Netflix, it's usually late at night before I go to bed, so it's probably not the best time to do that.
1: Right, it was just like scary situations for somehow set to like <clears throat> uh, forensic files and you weren't a beautiful lesbian being pushed down the stairs.
2: Uh, true.
1: So yeah. it... spoilers
2: oh we're giving giving stuff away no
1: we said that oh that's right but if you could find the episode you i still have the pile of stuff we're going to send people if you can spot how many episodes are you in Uh, i don't know i know is it more than five
2: i mean it might be five but there's two that i am at least two i'm dressed as a woman so they they probably play 13 a day on uh, HLN. Yeah.
1: So within at some point you you could find the episode. If you can find and tell us the episode squeezer is in and what scene, we have stuff to send you and it's really cool shit. It's a it's a prize package. Ooh. He's squeezer at com. I'm RK. The letters at ratyears.com. All you have to do send them to us and let us know, and um, we'll verif- I'll have Squeezer verify it on air. and
2: I might not even remember, so I'll just say, yeah, sure, and you get free shit.
1: You get free shit. Um, but, yeah, watch I Love You, Man. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, when I was watching <clears throat> Clueless originally in 96, I was much more interested in his uh, counterparts in the movie.
2: Uh, I was into Brittany Murphy.
1: Yeah, later in life. God damn, yeah. She was fucking one of my favorite animated characters of all time, Luann Platter on King of the Hill. Mm, true. Ingenious voiceover work. It's only fitting that Lucky, her show husband, also passed. And Tom Petty. He was hysterical, also. But um, yeah, that that movie. uh all like it was it was. Like the coolest movie that came out in 1996. I actually um, read, got caught reading the novelization that's something one of my friends had, and I just borrowed it. And our, my teacher, to punish me, jokingly made me read Jane Austen, which I actually liked <laughs> <laughs> and saw its parallels. Ah,
2: uh, read this, you uncultured swine. Well, Clueless is Jane Austen. Did you know that? No.
1: Yeah. Clueless is a retelling of Jane Austen. No shit. Mm -hmm. Amy Heckerling, uh, the director, decided to... um, Someone wrote a script uh, based on uh, her book, Emma. And uh, I think that was released in the early 1800s. 1815. 1815. Jane Austen, Emma. So... I completely mixed up the author and the story, but it's all right. I'm an idiot. Everyone realizes. Emma Woodhouse. She's a beautiful, high spirited intelligent, slightly spoiled young woman of 20, and her mother died when she was young. She's the mistress of the house. Um, she's smart, but has no discipline or anything. And... Um, it's all about, like, status and being rich at the time. And, um, you know, her finding love, her neighbor, Aww. her neighbor, not her stepbrother.
2: Yeah, that's kind of weird. That
1: was always weird. That was probably one of the reasons I didn't
2: like Paul Rudd early on. Okay, because he's, like, an incestuous. Um, yeah. Now, that's like a, you know. That's top like, five. Uh, top
1: five. That's number one on Pornhub, you sick uh, bastards. I th- no, I think stepmother is. Yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> and I only know that because you told me
2: that the other day. Right, because we were talking about
1: harassing a poor co-worker.
2: Yes. Um, not that we were going to do that. No. No, if no. someone was harassing a co-worker. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I always thought Clueless was weird because when it first came out, Again, like I I thought it was like you know, like a girl movie, so I didn't want to see it. My sister was into it, um, but when I did see, I'm like, this is a funny movie,
0: yeah.
1: They're making fun of the whole valley culture and the class system in Beverly Hills, yeah.
2: Once you realize that it's a, a, a jab at that and it's not reinforcing that. No, not at all. Um, it's, much, it's a deeper film than just a, a simple Valley Girl movie.
1: Uh, and they hated going to the Valley. Those Beverly Hills kids don't want to fucking go to the Valley. No one wants to go to the Valley unless you're getting paid to shoot a art film, I guess is a nice way to say it.
2: Uh, art, f- yes.
1: Yeah, that's what the Valley was famous for back in the day, before they made some rule about... Certain prophylactics, prophylactics that have to be worn. Yeah.
2: Um, Vegas and Miami aren't complaining. <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, clueless. Uh, also, fucking Turk came out of that movie. That was Turk's, Donald Faison. Donald Faison starting to Hollywood, and ah uh, man,
2: was that his first gig?
1: That's the first one I know. Of, I knew of him as. Yeah. I like to know that you refer to him as Turk. (laughs) He is Turk. And uh, that other guy is JD. I don't know his real name. Zach Braff is JD. I also happen to love, on my short list, but I realized it was like an 04 movie. Garden State, it's a top five movie for me.
2: Oh, yeah. Mrs. Squeezer asked if uh, Garden State was going to be on my list. She was disappointed when I, I said no. I'm sorry. Sorry,
1: Mrs. Squeezer. I wanted it to be. I love that movie.
2: That, that is though why Runaway Bride was also on my list because it she immediately when I said we we're doing romantic comedy, she just shouted out Runaway Bride at me.
1: Well and uh, Enchantress and showed me her copy of Entertainment Weekly. They decided to do the same exact topic this week as we did. And it this wasn't a coincidence. I mean this was this was a coincidence. It wasn't a what's the opposite of coincidence? Um we weren't stealing, it wasn't purposeful. Yeah. The, the, cover, um, the cover of Entertainment Weekly is 80s and 90s rom-coms.
2: I don't think anyone's going to, can. Uh, I was going to say convict, uh, accuse us of looking at Entertainment Weekly and stealing an idea from them, no?
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, Enchantress, uh, she, there was a great article in there, like five things you might not know about I'll say anything, and I was going to go get it, but I didn't want to actually forget it, and she don't have her magazine tomorrow. But uh, I want to keep that for later when we talk about Say Anything because Lloyd Dobbler's my man, and I'm saving that for later. We'll talk Lloyd Dobler at some point. Huh. We did not forget Say Anything. I love that movie.
2: Yeah, I actually had a pretty long list I had to narrow down here. I know. There's some good rom-coms. Um, but, uh, yeah, Clueless
1: is mine. And this one I thought we would have talked about at a different period, but Eric's for Valentine's Day.
0: Merry Christmas. The holiday season. It's the perfect time of year to find the one you love. Christmas is time to do something about it. Like what? And tell them exactly how you feel. You've got nothing to lose and you'll always regret it if you don't. Don't let the holidays go by without love, actually.
2: Yeah, I guess it's a. It should have been night Christmas, it's, it's but a,
1: it's more
2: of a Christmas pick. But this
1: movie, you know, I've talked about my problem with this movie before. Right? Uh have you. Yeah, what's that? Maybe I haven't. There's no the plots. So all uh, first of all, I hate the best friend thing. Like, um, you complete me or whatever it
2: is. Oh, the 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 when um when uh, Walking Dead guy. Comes up uh, to his best friend's wife. But he's, he's, well, he's best friends with Carl Mordo. Yeah. And so he shows up, and then he has, like, his signs, and he's, like, talking to Domino Harvey, you know, quietly, (laughs) like being a creep.
1: Yeah. And he's like, don't say it's carolers. Lie to my best friend and your husband. Yes. And, like, I love you and want to fuck you, but I can't, so I'm leaving. Like, you, come on, man. Fuck on. used to
2: be, you should, you should have blown up – glad you got blown up there on the launch pad.
1: What what does the sign say? Because every time I want to say it
2: – I don't know. I've never actually – other than, like, the couple times that I have seen it because, and we do watch it each – Am I right, though? This scene is infuriating, right? Like, this guy is a piece of shit.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, to me, you're perfect. That's it. That's what it is. To me, yeah, you're to perfect.
2: Me, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen it where, like, they edit it and, like, add, you know, like, they uh, – i i am an asshole like they add in different text yeah um yeah fuck there's there's so many like all right so when i was talking about how um you got mail is sweet um there's a couple like sweet stories in here but there's a lot of gross shit in this movie um sometimes i drink full glasses of hot dog (laughs) yeah um so there's a whole. So there's actually ten interweaving stories. Some of them, like I felt like you could have thinned it out a little bit. I felt like there were stories that they added in. This is like the uh, how many episode? How many stories about Springfield was it? Uh, Twenty-two short stories. Twenty-two short stories about Springfield, right? Mm-hmm. It, it felt like it, that was this, um, and that there is a certain, certain. Uh, stories are there to kind of just be like an interstitial to the couple main stories that they have going on you know what i mean it's like some are some clearly aren't as important as others just look look at like the movie poster or the box art for it and you realize which stories are important and which ones aren't
0: there you go hmm
2: yeah um yeah there's just there's a lot going on and it's just it's christmas mutt is what it is. It, it had boobies so that's a plus. All
1: right, here's all um, the signs he says. He goes he holds up a boombox he goes say it's carol singers.
2: And then he's I'm, si- I'm I'm sorry. If you can't tell the difference between a live uh pack of carolers, we'll call them that, a pack and a uh, murder. A, a murder a murder you- you can't tell the difference between the, the sound of a murder of carolers and a boombox. Yeah. yeah. Then you know what? You deserve to have your... Uh, your, uh, your best no. your, uh, cuckold situation. Yeah.
1: So he says, say it's cal- with any luck by next year, next card, I'll be going out with one of these girls, next card, couple models he cut out of magazines, misogynistic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for now, let me say, next card, without hope or agenda, next card, just because it's Christmas, next card. And at Christmas, you tell the truth, in, quote, in parentheses. Uh, when did that come to be?
2: Telling the truth at Christmas? Yeah. No, you just you bury it deep down inside <laughs> and let it boil over. Right,
1: you have to see your family, so of course you have to bury the truth. Then the next one is, to me, you are perfect. Smash cut to her. Smash cut to close-up of him. Smash cut to him with a card. And my wasted heart will love you, next card, until you look like this. Mummy card, smash cut to his face, smash cut to her giggling, smash cut with card, final card, Merry Christmas, drops them, thumbs up, and runs away. I wish that guy would have came out and whooped your ass.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, he, he fought Doctor Strange.
1: He... Fought alongside and against Dr. Strange. Fair
2: enough. Um, I'm just saying he could kick Walking Dead guy's ass. Um, And this is all after she realizes he's a total creep because he shot their wedding video and it was just on her the entire time. Oh my god, I know. Do you not... Look, Look, there's there's a way to be creepy and run a camera and not just focus on her the entire time. That's why you keep your left eye open, asshole. I mean...
1: (laughs) Mrs. Squeezer didn't get also mad. Also, so you don't get hit, you know. Mrs. Squeezer didn't get mad that my video was focused on you the it whole time. Was just
2: me the entire time. <laughs> no, because because I saw you in the footage that you shot of my wedding. I know that's great. Because it was a locked off wide shot, and I could see you walking up to the bar.
1: That's true. No, I was I was I was pretty I was all over it. that footage. You, you... you were
2: there, but there there is a, sh- a point where I'm watching your footage and you walk through your own shot. No. Yeah find hilarious i was drinking all right you, you, pr- as you should have been
1: you promised me outback
2: steakhouse i did pro- my wedding was not at outback steakhouse <laughs> yes it was the after party was
1: it. i had um Aussie cheese fries at squeezer's wedding
2: it was the they, after party they, after the wedding after you went to the hotel so got changed.
1: you had your reception at outback you don't need I, to hide I, it from I, everybody
2: honestly if believe me in hindsight I should have had it there because then we probably could have got some blooming onions because they shut the fryer off before we got there. I was not no, told that when they, we agreed to show they up. They had a blooming onion there, but it was like old, and they had those Aussie cheese fries. You know that blooming onion was supposed to be for the staff. That someone had <laughs> called in a takeout order in, and they were going to take it home with them. The, I don't know if people actually do that. I haven't been privy to that at any t- point before. And y- you're throwing, you're
1: like, I want my fucking blooming onion. That was when we were walking over, and it was chilly, and I told you to come warm me.
2: Oh, yes. My new wife, and I'm carrying you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it was cold. It was
2: very, it was cold. <laughs> it was It was a breezy, it was breezy. I mean, it was maybe in, in the upper, you know, the lower 60s, maybe. Yeah, it was chilly. <laughs> in October. So, yeah, you were freezing. Um, it was actually really
1: cold that day. I remember shooting. It was windy. It was, it was very windy. windy. Yeah, it was windy. Yeah, uh, yeah we lost the veil just because yeah. it was that windy. Mrs. Squeezer was not happy that I was like, "Come warm me," and she's like, I'm <laughs> "Can I not have him for one one day, one, day. one,
2: I looked one at wedding her with
1: day?" Such disgust. Are you are you serious?
2: <laughs> He's mine. Uh, so you got ten stories. Uh, one of them. So you have the the sad lonely guy that gives up on love in in the aisles and heads to America. Yeah. Um and th- th- this is where you know uh th- this was written by like a, a a 14-year-old boy um because he ends up uh hooking up with uh, January Jones uh I can't pronounce it Ivana Milichevs mm-hmm. uh Alicia Cuthbert and Shannon Elizabeth. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like oh, this is this is a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Um, uh, then you got the two, uh, like soft porn body doubles who it's always awkward because they're like naked doing like simulated oh, sex. Oh, that's, but uh, having,
1: like... that's Bilbo, right? Bilbo Baggins is one of them. Oh, is it? Yeah. Huh. And also the, the gym in the British office.
2: Oh, yeah. wait. Mm, oh, yes. Yeah.
1: It's him.
0: hmm
2: I know my soft core porn. I, st- oh, right. stand-ins. <laughs> um... So then you got the whole rock star angle where you have like this old washed up rock star. That's that my favorite it, angle in the movie. It, it is. It is the best angle in the movie. So um, you got Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean and his business manager. And um, this guy comes off as like a total uh, a total prick. And like so rock star. there's a thing in England that I didn't know when I
1: saw this movie, but I know about now the number one song at Christmas. It's like it's more coveted than a Grammy in the States. Which, according to ratings, really isn't that coveted at all. And Drake, um, <laughs> but uh, you're like, did you know about this?
2: No, really. So there's more to it than what you see in uh Yeah, it's like a thing in England have the number
1: one song at Christmas, huh? And people compete for it. Uh, so yeah, it was. A, it's an actual thing. That's that in okay. that. that gives so there's more, more
2: to that. That that makes more gives the story a little more credence than and, then and he's too. like
1: just fuck all these other songs let's make my piece of shit the number one song at Christmas
2: yeah uh, and it is a piece piece of shit song yeah um but uh, spoiler it ends because it's all about these love stories and I I think this is my favorite one out of all of it because it really is this weird um, mirror upon the Radios podcast where they end up just uh, realizing that they need each other. So he ends up back at his manager's apartment, and they spend Christmas together um, watching porn and getting drunk.
1: Yeah. Like That's be- a
2: love story, folks. Like
1: best friends.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's see. We talked about Carl Mordo. Um, oh, you got the... You got Liam Neeson's penis and his kid. Who? Liam Neeson's own penis.
1: Oh, Qui Gon? Yeah, Qui Gon's in there with his kid. That's oh, yeah. a cute story.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. So Qui Gon and then uh, Jojen Reed uh, from uh, Game of Thrones. He's trying to hook up with uh, Olivia Olsen. Uh And so, uh, but uh, meanwhile, um, taken his wife is dead, so he's basically living vicariously through Jojen Reed, and uh, like trying to give him all these pep talks and stuff and then the kid starts drumming and shit like that and then uh oscar schindler he's like yeah go for it kid and he takes him he goes to the concert and stuff and basically it's at this concert where all these other stories kind of come to a head for the most part uh and then he also commits multiple felonies uh breaking through airport security
1: yeah that kid would have got his ass tased to sh- oh, fucking hell. absolutely
2: yeah but then they would have but then like Taken guy would have just gone crazy on him. Right. I have a I mean, certain like, set of
1: skills. Yes.
2: When it comes to TSA agents, then Darth Maul comes out and just stabs him in the gut. Oh, or oh, I spoilers. I Jesus it's also also Sorry. Yes, Razakul. Yes. Um, oh, there's and then there's the Portuguese housekeeper writer angle thing. Remember that one? Like she doesn't speak any English. Okay, uh, this writer that's an that okay could, one too. That? I think
1: what? I think that's an okay angle too. Colin yeah, Firth so, writing.
2: Yeah. The book. So English patient guy, he has like writer's block. So he goes to uh, no. He finds his wife cheating on him. Oh, that's right. I, I have not watched it since with his Christmas. brother. With his brother. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's a fun angle, and it kind of It kind of reminded me of like The Godfather. At the end, like, they're, like, kind of, like, wedding through the street kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only without the exploding car. Um, But, yeah, then, so, uh, they don't speak. It's kind of cool because there's no, the communication is completely, you know, it's a strictly, uh, what's the relationship word I'm looking for? Master Uh, and apprentice? Hmm? Master and... no 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 like their whole like they can't talk to each other so it's all just body language and and kids before they start to like figure out you know he he starts to learn Hmm. like some portuguese and stuff and then eventually uh kingsman guy ends up uh like proposing to her do you think like he comes back to her
1: do you think i'd be better off if enchantress couldn't understand the stupid things that come out of my mouth
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, but do I have really good body language, or is my body language also bad?
2: I don't, let me, I haven't watched your body language enough. No, you have. I, I mean, I'd right still now, probably
1: be better off if I couldn't, if she couldn't understand what I was saying.
2: We we stopped using the video aspect here because we get a better, I can't see you right now.
1: Yeah, it's a better get a, connection. Get a yeah. better signal. So. Yeah, we, we got to get some sort of
2: fiber connection between us. Well, I, I eventually I'm going to get the separate hookup and we will record me separately and then you can just splice it together. Uh,
1: it's still not
2: as good as I want.
1: I want a fiber. What do you think it costs to run fiber over I don't miles? know. You Ask your brother. I well, Let's see if we can't make that happen because we do enough games down by you. Why not, right?
2: Yeah. Just split it when you get to go the, the on traffic light. It would
1: probably be less cost efficient to put the fiber in my house than your house. Probably.
2: Yeah. And, um, it's one road. Yeah, it's one, one road. very long, windy road. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, and then uh, where else we got? There's a couple left. Where we got? Oh, you know, um, you know, he was in Splash. Who Liam Neeson? No, uh, Colin Firth. Oh, he was a guy in Elevator. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then what was the? You forgot uh, Alan Rickman and... Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, Dr. Redden um, from Junior and uh, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. They're in a relationship, but he's cheating on her with his secretary. And the Metagon from and, Dogma. Yeah, the Metagon, Voice of God. Also, I also have Sheriff Nottingham. Sheriff Nottingham. And uh, Dr. Lazarus and uh, uh, Severus Snape. Yeah, oh, is that uh, Harry Potter? Harry Potter, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I made sure not to write down any real names. It's all movie characters on my list, and mm. they have multiples. Uh, yeah, he uh, was with Emma Watson. Nope. Yes, uh, no. It's,
1: uh, Emma Thompson. Emma Watson's
2: Thompson. the yes.
1: young girl that's in yes. the Harry Potter movies.
2: Yeah, Emma Thompson was in, uh, she was the doctor in Junior.
1: Yes, she was. <laughs> Yes, and uh, she's his Liam Neeson's. No, she's um, the other, the other, the brother,
2: the sister of uh, the prime minister. That's another uh, Hugh Grant, the prime minister. So yeah, so the guy that um, got a hooker and then went on Leno. Um, was a Letterman? Also a rom-com mainstay with Julia Roberts. He is, yeah. But he also got a hooker. More power to him. Yeah. And, and, but he's not nearly as creepy as the American president played by Sling Blade. Um, that's supposed to be like a Bush jab, right? Uh, I, I felt it was more Clinton.
1: Oh, they said, oh, I think it was a mix. They said it was a mix of Bush and
2: Clinton. Yeah, because this is also like 2003, so it was early on in Bush. But just the way, like, he was, I always took it more as Clinton, the way he was kind of creeping on on the, uh, uh, Oh my god. Creeping on the staffer. You have the
1: sexiest accent I ever heard. and I'm from the south. Hillary lost her accent, so she sounded more powerful. <laughs> I love you. Why didn't they? They should have just endeared it and so to us. Like we know what Slick Willie does. We're not getting <laughs> mad. Just have fucking Phil Hartman playing him. Uh, that would have been
2: fantastic. He did just a straight up Bill Clinton impersonation when in he... Love Actually. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been. All... I would watch that <laughs> just movie. Just every... completely break it. It go. It it goes right. It goes right from a film right into an actual multicam shoot like a Saturday Night Live. Right, and they're at like a fake McDonald's. That was yeah. what Phil Hartman. Ah, uh, those are be. the best.
1: I think I need a six piece nugget to get through this next meeting.
2: <laughs> just eating cheeseburger. He's in his jogging suit, just eating cheeseburgers yeah. off of people's trays. But
1: sorry, you're not supposed to. I jogged a thousand miles this morning. I deserve this. That'd be great. I would have really liked that. Like making fun of Ws, like shooting fish in a barrel, but like but like doing the Bill Clinton, we're all like, that's right, that's Bill. That's Bill. <laughs> Even if we liked it. Like he was a great president. But you know, couldn't keep his pants on. Nope.
2: Uh, allegedly.
1: I did not have
2: sexual relations with that girl. It's, uh, it's what's it, what what was the line? It's what your definition of is is. Yeah.
1: Well, that depends on what your definition of is is. That's fucking uh, lawyer right there.
2: G- That's brilliant. Right. His fucking wife's like
1: laboring over him like like flying over him like an angry fucking bird after a hawk stole its eggs <laughs> he's like no hell I just said I was doing a jury I didn't do it and then he says to Jerry, jury what the fuck did you expect me to do she's right there I got all up in her guts <laughs> we're devolving yes quickly I think we took a further turn here than we did
2: on the Shuvak. A Shuvak. No,
1: I think the Shuvak was a new one. Shuvak almost killed me.
2: I was laughing so hard. I don't think you found it as funny as I did. I didn't. No, because I'm actually thinking of the logistics and how to actually build one. I was just more thinking of, like, my favorite joke
1: that I made that you didn't even laugh at was the difference between the standard pack that comes with it and the... The more you pay more for the expanded bag is the difference between three and four shoes. (laughs) I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah, I was proud of that one. The standard bag, you could pick up three shoes. With the expanded bag, four (laughs) shoes.
2: Oh, it's actually shoes, not even pairs of shoes?
1: (laughs) It's just shoes. (laughs) You can't even pick a full two pair unless you get that expanded bag. You know, or we'll give it to you free, though, if you call within the next 20 minutes.
2: Uh, Can we have Billy West sell it? The
1: shoe rack is the greatest invention since the Don. Oh, I'm doing I'm doing Don West, not Billy West. No, Billy West is the voice of fucking Fry. On Yeah, I'm not doing Billy. What was his name?
2: Don West. No, you
1: said Billy, though. Did I? Yeah, you were No, thinking- I meant I meant Don. You were, yeah, you said Billy West, and I, I thought the oh, guy I from, uh, Billy West. I started doing Don West, Yeah, I, I thought you meant the guy I, from. I thought
2: it was Don West doing impersonation of Bill
1: Cosby, but. I thought you were doing the, you were talking the guy from Billy something from uh, OxiClean.
2: Oh, Billy Mays? Billy Mays, yeah. No, he's dead. You said care. Billy West, but Billy West is. Did I? No, I did not say Billy West. You did say Billy West. Okay, well, the people are listening, they can judge. They
1: can, they, they'll know, they know. I went right to Don West.
2: Well, as you should, because I I said Don West. I don't think you said Don West. I know I said Don West.
1: I want to go back and listen. We'll listen later. All right, Jim Mint Shuvak. Jim Mint. All right. Uh, I think it's time for my fourth pick. Unless I mean, Love Actually is a movie that went on forever. Does your pick want to go? On no, forever?
2: no, it did. It did go on forever, and it did meander. <laughs> and uh All right. it didn't have any signs
1: though that cut holding me from you. Like if Not the, yet. if the clip held up signs to you saying like, "Tell Ryan it's car- carolers." To me, you were perfect. Well, to me, you're perfect. So fuck that sign.
2: So, not even, did he, then she fucking, like, fuck, oh, God, that scene pisses me off. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's Just bad. P- should have never woken up from that coma. They're friends like that.
1: Yeah. All right, here's another creepy movie that's a rom-com.
0: For Josh Baskin, life was a little unfair. Until he made a little wish. I wish I were big. Sweetheart, it's 7:30. Are you up, Josh? 20th Century Fox presents. My Tom Hanks. Ah! Big. I turned into a grown-up, mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. now what? And get a job cannot get a job I'll move my way, i play with all of this stuff and then i tell them what i think Can they pay you for that suckers vice president he's only been here a week see that girl over there in the red she'll wrap her legs around you so tight you'll be begging for mercy well I'll stay away from her then i loved your ideas on the squeezy doll line thanks <laughs> like when you were younger? Don't oh, worry. Well, that wasn't much different. Ejector seat! I'm... Who are you? I'm his girlfriend. I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleepover? Yeah.
1: OK. But I get to be on top. What is so special about
0: Baskin? He's a grown-up. How do I feel about what? How do you, how do you f- feel about me?
1: You're only young
0: once
1: a- Alright, I had to play a lot of this Just so you got the feel of An older, middle-aged woman Raping a boy
2: <laughs> I thought we were just listening to some more Peter Gabriel
1: Well, that's good, we can We did last okay. week uh, uh, What's it? What's the show called? What it's show? The, the show that we played Rad years? No, the squeezer, this old squeezer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that what it's called? That's correct? right. We did have a little Peter Gabriel on last week. Right. That's what I thought. That's what I thought you were referencing. This old squeezer. Oh,
2: no. No, no, no. We are playing uh, big time in the trailer.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and I know that, but I was talking talking about, like, last week. Oh, yeah. What, what was the show called? This old squeezer?
2: Oh, this old squeezer. That's what yeah, we're doing Yeah,
1: that's what I'm fucking
2: talking about. Oh, okay. No, I was talking about the big trailer. Right. Well, I thought you were calling back to last week. Oh, no. I compl- I don't have that kind of memory.
1: <laughs> uh, so, this movie is definitely about a woman statutory raping a boy <laughs> that she doesn't realize is a boy, right?
2: Yeah, um, yeah I guess you got to check IDs, right? right?
1: So, they remade this movie with, uh, like, a few years later with, um... What's her name? Jennifer Garner. Really? Thirteen going on thirty. Oh, I never. hmm. Oh, if they would have had a dude have sex with her, like, the police would have arrested the filmmakers.
2: Yes. But.
1: And the. This
0: was.
2: But this was also the. This
1: was also the eighties. So. Right, I do love his tuxedo too. I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty much the kid from big as an adult.
2: I I never would have gone near the um, fortune telling machine. I was just too creeped out by it.
1: Yeah. But I'm pretty much like that kid as an adult in real life, though. But still. Yeah. I'm just old.
2: I I think, yeah, a, a lot of... I mean, the fact that we're here talking about this and other people actually listen to us ramble on about this stuff... I don't think people grow up the same way anymore. That's because I had I had this epiphany, and you get these people like, "Oh, nostalgia is bad," and you know you can't look back. That's because your childhood sucked. Right. That's because you had a hoop and a stick. We had fun stuff. So yeah. why should I grow up? Why should I give up the fun stuff? I agree. Um But
1: Big is a movie that's uh, directed by Penny Marshall, the sister, Rip, Penny Marshall, rest in peace, sister of Mm -hmm. Gary Marshall, who directed a few of the movies we're talking about. Um, And this movie's just fucking fun because of all the toys, the F.A.O. Schwartz, Robert Loggia, uh, Kevin McAllister's dad is the bad guy. But, um, you know, it really is like a fantasy of what we all wanted to be. As kids, you know, you think you're an adult, but there's there's real life uh, consequences, which is getting statutory raped by some woman who you just thought was your friend and wanted to wear your green lantern ring. Right? <laughs> Turned you into a man real quick. A little early, before you even really knew you wanted to be a man. But you think it's all right, because it was fun but it wasn't. <laughs> Shoevac.
2: Five... Sure, I just I never I never even looked at that. I just I don't even think I ever even paid attention to that part of the movie. I just wanted to be in the toy store the whole time.
1: The FAO shorts? Yeah. I just wanted that like Transformer that was a skyscraper that he plays with. Oh yeah. When he's like, "Who How... would buy this?" I'm like,
2: "I would buy that motherfucker. Shut your mouth." How much would that cost now at RetroCon? <laughs> That goddamn fire truck could cost seventy five bucks. Right. We're talking like seventy five hundred. Hmm. I could take out a loan. <laughs> Worth every penny. I, I, I need I need a loan for a building. Hmm. And it I transforms mean, into a robot. Right. Right. Who wouldn't give a loan for that?
1: Yeah. Skyscraper, goddammit. You're fucking you could be president of the United States. Next. Alone.
2: I guess I guess technically would it be a mortgage? Can you take a mortgage out for a transformer?
1: If it's a house, yeah. All right. Mark it. Um, but yeah, it's it, this is a rom-com. It's, albeit if you look at it from a different angle, it's a quite creepy rom-com. But it's still romantic and a comedy. Uh, so I will now let you go over your fourth pick. Which is a, a good late, late edition ad for you.
2: Waggle. Waggle it.
0: From the creator of Bull Durham and White Men <laughs> Can't Jump... The club head. We waggle the club uh. ...comes a story... Oh. It's a pretty girl there, such an ugly swing. ...about men and women and the games they play. Remember those
2: games are about... Uh, Tin Cup. Uh, I didn't even think about it putting it in this show because I never really thought of it as romantic comedy. Because to me, it was a golf movie.
0: Right. Uh,
2: and in my family, like, it, this is like a, the crown jewel because I come from a family of golf. And, uh, I don't know, we just, this was one of those. How big was, was your old man in the golf? Uh, No, he was way out.
1: So not like your uncle?
2: Not at all. Not at all, no. That's how, I uh, mean,
1: all my uncles golf and my dad doesn't fucking touch it, so.
2: um, He was fantastic. I mean he was he was an amazing golfer. Just, uh, Your dad gave was? It up yeah. Just gave it up very early on. And you really never uh-huh. golfed, right? I don't I didn't have the commitment or attention span for it. I love going out there and just hacking around by myself. Um, I have never in my life kept score. I've never. They keep uh, scoring golf. Y- yes, that's how you win.
1: How do you right? get points though? Is there like signs you hit?
2: You You're fucking with me, right? Nah, yeah, I am. Okay, thanks. I played Tiger Woods. <laughs> you I mean, I've never golfed
1: in real life though in my life. You played
2: Mario ever. Golf, right?
1: I I played or golf on along, I played, played Tiger golden Woods, Tee. Tiger Woods.
2: Tiger Woods. Yeah. Or a Golden Tee, yeah, so.
1: Yeah, a Golden Tee too, um, yeah. I so but no, I've never really golfed like literally
2: in my life. Just go to a driving range. You'd hurt yourself. Yeah, probably. Um, but we got uh, good old Roy McAvoy here, uh, played by the ever-glorious uh, manfish fish uh, Kevin Costner. Um, <laughs> he is a man-fish. He's a man-fish. Uh, you got Rene Russo, uh, who plays his soon-to-be love interest because she is actually uh, romantically involved with the one Don Johnson, who just... Here, here's the weird thing about it. like the movie starts off as like, uh, you know, um, so she goes to Kevin Costner for golf lessons. Cause he's a, uh, golf pro at a driving range. He runs, um, and she goes to him for lessons. Cause her boyfriend, uh, is a professional golfer and she wants to, you know, just, you know, fit in a little bit better. I guess her boyfriend's Don Johnson. And it's not until later in the film where he like blows a kid off for an autograph that she realized what a douchebag he is. It's like, Don Johnson plays such an amazing douchebag that you would have seen this right from the start. He's such a brilliant douche. Um, and then you also have Cheech Marin, who uh, is Kevin Costner's best friend and also then ends up being his caddy throughout the show. Ironically, so there's – I don't know if that ironic is what uh, – people say ironic, so I'll just use it here anyway. Yeah, it works so for 1996, me. Um, I start using the English language appropriately. No, uh, this was this movie came out in uh, August ninety six. No what else debuted in nineteen ninety six. Um, no, Nash Bridges. Oh, with Don Johnson. With Don Johnson Johnson and Cheech Marin. Oh yeah, Cheech so Marin. They, and... like, they like spent the entire year together on set working on this film, and then, um, you know, starting Nash Bridges together. Did you ever watch Eastbound and Down? Uh, here and there, I never like committed to it. Okay, it's one of my favorite
1: shows of all time. In the second season, <coughs> season, season, uh, Don,
2: Don Johnson plays his Kenny Powers dad. It's fucking hysterical. he oh, he's the best. Um, and he he plays it straight in this movie, but he he does definitely plays that that dick role quite well. But this. his role in uh East Bound and Down, he's such an asshole, and he plays mm-hmm. it so well. Um, uh, from what I hear, they were basically drunk on set every day
1: well they're golfers of course they are
2: no no i meant on uh, nash bridges sorry oh they said that don johnson cheech marin didn't do it and it, there wasn't like a scene in which they were sober oh which it makes me want to go back and rewatch the entire show um i i this is it's a great like sports movie and it has all those um the underdog you know story and win the girl and all that and um, at the same time, it has that like that rocky moment where he, he wins but he doesn't win. Um, so spoilers, yeah. So he ends up um, because uh, Don Johnson and uh, uh, Kevin Costner have like a history together. Once he realizes that uh, Rene Russo, who's with Don Johnson, like he's got a thing for, her. so he decides that he's going to go and play and try to uh, qualify for the tour. And he eventually does after there's this whole scene where he breaks all the clubs in his bag except for the seven iron. So he finishes the entire back half with nothing but the seven iron, which is just absurd. But it works for the movie and it's fun and it plays into the character. Um, and then uh, at the end, so the, it's all about like this hubris and ego and um, uh, very Marty McFly calling him yellow kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, what are you, yeller? Yeah, so he's actually – there's a three-way tie <coughs> going into the end of uh, uh, the, t- the tournament, and it's between Kevin Costner, Don Johnson, and Peter Jacobson, who's actually a professional golfer. I think, the, all due respect, the least realistic thing is that Peter Jacobson is going to win the U.S. Open. But um, uh, Don Johnson it's like a bad shot, and he plays it safe, and knowingly losing the tournament – plays it safe, and hits it short of the water hazard and um, doesn't have a shot at winning. Whereas Kevin Costner, he's going to go for it and hits like a 230-plus-yard shot, and he's going to try to get it over the water, onto the green, and hole it in and, and win the whole thing. And you're like, <clears throat> oh, be yourself and go for it and all this inspirational thing. And Rene is like, ha he's crazy. Right. Um, and, and he goes for it, and it hits the green, But then this wind comes and then sucks the ball right back into the water, just like it did in his college days and, like, got him off the tour. Um, And then he is insistent on doing it again, so he keeps trying. And I think he had, like, a 12 because he kept hitting the ball into the water Mm -hmm. uh, until finally the last ball, he hits it and plunk, drops it on the green, and it rolls in the hole. And he makes it and the whole place cheers and he gets a standing ovation, even though he like ends up in like 15th place because, you know, he had like a, a plus 18 or a plus 12 on the last hole. Um, and it's like that feel good victory. And she's like, N- no one's going to remember who won, but everyone's going to remember your 12 and stuff like that. You know, um, very rocky uh, ending ish, you know. Right. Uh, but it's a it's a great scene. Uh, it's actually based off a real uh two, there's a real a real event one of the guys that was actually pl- is one of the commentators uh for CBS in the movie because it's be- this is also like a behind the scenes of how golf is produced which is just a lot of people talking hmm. um uh it happened back in the 80s where he had a plus 18 actually and then in the 2000s uh Sergio Garcia also had like a he had a quadruple bogey uh, as well, which would be, whatever, five times four. I think I'll bogey with two over times four. It's like six over five. I don't know. I can't do the math. Um, But I, I actually, I, this one, like, not my, if I had to pick a favorite romantic comedy, uh, this is definitely up there. Uh, It's just, it's, it's Kevin Costner. It's Robin Hood. It's Fish Guy. It's the postman.
1: The postman. One of his best pictures.
2: I it's got Tom Petty in it. I can't
1: complain. That's true. Um, all right. <coughs> Ready to hear my last picks there, handsome. We there already? Or there, my last. You still have one to go yet, buddy? I got one more. All right, here we go.
0: street pretty woman the kind I like to meet pretty woman I don't believe you you're not the truth woof, woof, woof. no one could look as good as you
1: mercy Mercy
2: ah uh, that Roy Orbison <laughs> that
1: Roy Orbison and uh probably the most famous rom-com of all time wouldn't you say
2: I think so. Yeah, I, I think it's the, the the top of the mountain. Uh, and
1: we all, as a kid, I don't know if you fall into this. We all thought
2: it was stupid
1: and dumb and we weren't interested until you saw how risque uh, young Miss Julia Roberts is throughout
2: the movie. Yes. Yeah, so it wasn't until later it clicked. It's like, oh, you're like, I will sit and pretend I don't want to watch this. Right.
1: Freelance hooker with a heart of gold on Hollywood Boulevard. Or dime a dozen, I bet.
2: I just liked it because that Jason Alexander. And Hank Azaria in it. Oh, that's right. He wasn't. And detective, yeah.
1: His first speaking role ever. Hmm. Um, so, of course, it's about a high powered businessman who uh, him and his girlfriend broke up. Uh, so, yeah, he gets a hooker. Oh, yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah, who wouldn't? All right? I mean, what wonderful rom-com doesn't start with a guy getting a prostitute and falling in love with her because she's got a heart of gold?
2: It really is. So do other women just kind of project themselves in thinking they want to be prostitutes? They really glamorize... Um, they glamorize uh, Fifty Shades of
1: Grey, Two Squeezer. Yet if, if any point. of us tried to do that with them, they'd call the police what the difference is in both of these movies is both men are stinking fucking rich. Now I'm not oh, calling okay. all woman fucking. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but I don't know if Richard Gere came to me with that kind of money for a week, I'd be like giggling as he tried to shut the fucking deckless box on my hand, the iPhone box on my hand. <laughs> you know, not, not even iPhone. I could buy my own iPhone. I'd be giggling as he, he closed the box and held the $950 uh, Black Series 8 uh, LJN wrestling figure Warlord. <laughs> that Hassle Toys was selling over the weekend. And I wanted so bad. I mean, hee 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 hee. yeah, I'll take a sugar daddy. Fuck it.
2: <laughs> we all, we uh, all... It's not without its creepy moments, too. Well, I mean, bas- the whole premise is kind of creepy. The whole um, premise is creepy the whole tone yeah when you realize it that the majority of the movie that she's spending with him he is paying her and her job is to have sex with him yes they leave that out they make it seem so yeah so like sweet and innocent like it's just like they're like they're two friends That he is like an old friend from high school that he hooked up with, and he's like, Hey, just live with me for the week and go shopping on my dime. Uh huh. And then the whole hotel staff, too, is like, Oh, there's the dirty whore, but we love her. Yeah,
1: she's a hooker. She's a a working blue collar like uh, we are. Not that there's anything wrong with hooking, all right? I'm not getting. Nah,
2: yeah, I mean. but they kind of whitewash I, I'm, it. I'm I'm looking at it from the uh, um, uh, Quaker angle. Okay, that's fair enough. We are in Pennsylvania. Yeah.
1: That's true. Yeah. Not again. But they kind of whitewash the hooking aspect, and it's, and they like, "Oh, she's just heart of gold, hooker, you you're gonna marry off the streets." Hmm.
2: Yeah, it, it's not a pleasant life. Did they go into her background, why she was a hooker? No. Exactly. Escort, Squeezer. Escort. I'm sorry, escort. I apologize. But the, the tagline is, hooker with a heart of gold.
1: Yeah, well, that was 1990 when you could get away with good taglines like that. Cor- and also, I I don't know what. And in 2019 what people would be more disgusted with a hooker or a corporate raider
2: <laughs> uh probably the corporate raider. Right. yeah oh yeah he's also a piece of garbage
1: right like in uh, in 2019 pretty woman's the woman who's a hooker who takes on the corporate raider with a heart <laughs> <laughs> like his job is way worse he's basically he, he he leaves the business world to go work the streets right to work to, to be with her on the streets because it's so, so
2: bad he's, she's like i want to put you up in my apartment <laughs> But And it, this goes back to my first pick, like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are just so sweet and like uh, and likable. And even though like he is a businessman who is swallowing up her company, he doesn't realize what he's doing. Uh, ignorance is bliss, if you will. Like he's still sweet about it. He doesn't want that to happen. Now, uh, Jason Alexander
1: and a few people have told the story that it was a much different script, uh, pen the page then it was, like, they improvised a lot on set with Gary Marshall, like, oh, don't say this, do this. Like, they turned it from a dark, like, hooker, like, movie to, um like, Corporator movie to, like, the lighthearted comedy it was in production and editing. Really? Yeah.
2: Wow, so this was even greenlit to be dark? I can't find anything here on Wikipedia. So was it even res- intended to be a romantic comedy? I don't know.
1: I can't, Again, I can't find Like, I heard that story on something before. Uh, Okay, yeah. The film was initially conceived as a dark drama about sex work in Los Angeles in the 1980s. The relationship between Vivian and Edward also originally involved controversial themes, including Vivian and being addicted to drugs. Part of the deal was she had to stay off cocaine for a week. Edward eventually throws her out of his car and drives off. The original script called 3000. Oh, because that's how much it costs end with Vivian and her sex worker friend on the bus to Disneyland. Producer Laura Ziskin considered these elements detrimental to the sympathetic portrayal of Vivian and they were removed and assigned to Kit. The deleted scenes have been found. So there was some deleted scenes where she talks about just, I could just pop you good and be on my way. And, uh, she meets her because she's confronted by a drug
2: dealer on the streets
0: hmm
2: I want to see that movie yeah that's the movie that you have to make now you couldn't make a a sweet-hearted romantic comedy anymore about a hooker and a business reader
1: no <laughs> no you couldn't they're saying this film is one of the two movies that triggered a resurgence in rom-coms in Hollywood other being when Harry
2: met Sally mm-hmm and this was the first time, and the first time for nine almost a decade, uh, with uh, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, because it is one of those things, like, people assume, like, they want to just list off all the movies that they're in together. Mm-hmm. There's only two. And we talked about them on this fine show. Both fine show, fine movies. Uh
1: all right, I, I've gotten my five out. Let's hear about your last one. Your last, I think everyone's going to love your last one the best. You you pick the winner here. Aw.
0: I'm a single adult. I met a woman who I'd like to see again social. President, can't just go out on a date. Castle Rock Entertainment presents Michael Douglas. I'm going to hop out at the flower shop. No hopping, sir. Annette Bennett. I'm having dinner at the White House. I'm having lunch at the Kremlin. You know Rob Reiner film. Dig it, Miss Wade. You're the president's girlfriend the american president she didn't say anything about me well no sir but i could pass her a note before study hall
1: rated pg-13 at theaters friday i was gonna say i heard castle rock i'm like oh shit i wonder if rob reiner was involved i'm like oh wait you said yeah. earlier in the movie
2: yeah yeah in the show yep the sh- I'm it's sorry. a so. rob reiner picture yeah. um directed by rob reiner produced by rob reiner coming hot off uh the success of his fine film north that that one stank oh yeah that was rough
1: jason alexander Um, was in that though too wasn't he in north yeah i remember well i got him right here jason alexander was in north he played his father
2: oh yeah oh yeah all right um my bad uh also, I, I mentioned e- earlier that Ma- uh, Matthew Molina was, – I was thinking Matthew Modine, uh, Josh Molina uh, – it's Josh Molina – Is uh, has the West Wing podcast, who has an appearance in this movie, um, which is basically the groundwork and inspiration for, um, yeah, my favorite show of all time and I think one of the best shows ever, which is uh, The West Wing, because this was written by the one Aaron Sorkin, who he admitted to – Wrote this while completely high on crack cocaine.
1: Sorkin so, crack? I thought he was just oh, coke.
2: No, no. He, he said crack. He admitted to it being crack. Whew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's how good this guy is. <laughs> he can do crack
1: and... Well, Stephen King wrote Cujo. That's true. Uh, Stephen King does, wrote a
2: lot of shit on a lot of shit.
1: But he doesn't remember writing Cujo. Oh. He started it. And he woke up with a pile of bloody tissues and and no cocaine and a full manuscript. Doesn't remember writing it. Wow.
2: Damn, I should go back and reread Cujo.
1: Cujo's is good too. They reference they reference Cujo a lot in Castle Rock. That show, not Castle Rock Entertainment, but Castle Rock, the show on Hulu
2: based on Stephen King property. And Castle Rock Entertainment derives its name from Castle Rock. Right. Rob, Rob Reiner took the inspiration from that. Um, Full circle, baby. Yeah, uh, this is an awesome movie. This isn't just romantic comedy. This is just a good movie all around. It's actually, it, it's listed uh, on uh, AFI's uh, top one hundred uh, like greatest love stories or uh, uh, romances. Um, yeah, everyone loves. It's a, a really well done movie, and the cast is awesome. It's, you got Michael Douglas playing the President of the United States, who's recently. Uh, uh not I don't know even recently I don't remember the actual time frame, but uh widowed. he is widowed. Um or widower. Widow? Widower. He's widowed, yeah. He's widowed, yeah, his wife's dead. He's a Um and Annette Benning plays a uh a lobbyist um for a uh environmental group and she's in there pushing his thing, na- uh pushing her agenda. And uh, he, you know, kind of falls for, and you know it's it, it's great because there's a great political angle too because uh, Richard Dreyfus is playing um, the opposing, he's a Republican running uh, against uh, Michael Douglas. And so he's basically uh, going all character assassination on him for his moral values and this and that. And you realize like this relationship and you see it is like the most sweetest, honest thing that you can imagine. Um, and just the way there's even a great scene where they talk about using the media to their advantage that, you know, the, the media is, you know, always, you know, it doesn't favor them on the right, but bring, bring in uh, a sex scandal and morals and they'll attack anyone. Um, Really good scene. And in my my mind, the greatest president of all time gets his start or has a scene uh, role in this movie. Uh, Martin Sheen actually plays the chief of staff uh, to Michael Douglas. And their exchanges um, are just awesome. Uh, every, everyone in this movie is great. Michael J. Fox is in it. Um, and uh, it, it's just a really... Uh, Again, sweet movie with good people that you like and root for. You know, it's not—they don't have—they have their flaws, sure, but—and I'm not saying being a prostitute is a flaw or being an evil corporate warlord is a a flaw, Um, but it's much more similar to our You Got Mail romantic comedy uh, versus, uh, like— runaway bride per se right and of course the dialogue is just phenomenal like i will watch it just to watch people talk for two hours because it's aaron sorkin and he's fantastic i agree of course he is uh so so much of this movie inspired that that actually the actual some of the the west wing and the uh, uh oval office set were reused in the west wing tons of like uh, drafts stuff that was in the script uh stuff that got dropped stuff got reused um a lot a lot of this material ended up ending up in the west wing uh another well not too much longer five not even another three years later in the west wing go but um yeah it, it's not not just for a romantic comedy but just a, a good movie all around it's oh i agree yeah everyone loves it, it was it's like
1: it's almost 100 percent on ron tomatoes right it's up there, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, people love it. Which they should. It's a good movie. Yeah, Michael Douglas. Man, we're talking about Paul Rudd. Michael Douglas is so good in the Ant-Man movies, man. Those those movies don't get appreciated in the MCU as much as they should. Like they're fucking fantastic. Michael Douglas and Paul Rudd play off each other really well. Mm-hmm. Um he's got those little the ants that blow up in the Altoid's can and Paul Rudd wants an Altoid. And he keeps going to get for it, and he slaps his hand away. It's just, mm-hmm. ah, it's so good. Michael Douglas,
2: he's a dreamboat.
1: He is, you know. I get you, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones,
0: she. Uh, so you're saying lasers. I don't have a
1: chance? Oh, well, you better not be trying to go on Paul. Ru- move on, Paul Rudd, we have a problem.
2: You got Paul Rudd. I'll get Michael Douglas. All right. Fair enough. All right.
1: Um, all right. This was a fun episode. We talked for about uh, Shuvax. Two hours and 35 minutes. That's that's a good not,
2: not all coherent.
1: No, there was some point where you don't hear it in the show, but I was laughing at my own joke. And uh, you basically, yeah. I almost killed myself. I stopped cho- breathing, choking yeah. on my spit, and I was laughing so hard while I was trying to like tell Skids like, <gasps> I'm joking. Like I couldn't get it out. I, I I was I was seriously worried about you for a moment. No, I was fine. I knew I was gonna be
2: fine. Well, I'm glad you're still with us.
1: Yeah, but it, I really thought I was funny with the the shoe bag. <laughs> I don't even know how we got
2: there. I. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. That was like two hours ago. <laughs> that was
1: over. It was longer than two hours ago. It was, that was overboard.
2: Um, but yeah, I'll work out the logistics. Um, and I, I have some friends that are engineers and I will have a working prototype of a shoe vac by next show. Right. I mean, it gives us something to sell
1: on the website, if nothing else.
2: Yeah. Everyone, you know, people are selling, people are selling pins and, uh, we're going to sell a pin that says uh,
1: wasps. T- they have t-shirts and knives. Their buttholes have knives in them.
2: Yeah, um, but we we are going to fundraise for our show by selling shoevacs. What was our second T-shirt? I thought it was the shoe vac.
1: Was it shoe vac? Yeah. Our first one with wasp. Their buttholes have knives in them is probably going to be our bestseller. We'll get. We'll save a cut for a squeeze that when she goes to college. Oh, yeah. Well, college. No, I wanted to be successful. That's true. Um, Anyway, this is fun. Uh, and if I do f- say so, a romantic episode of the Rad Years
2: podcast. Oh, we, quite romantic. Uh, we we'll point be... out the creepiness of all that romance. <laughs> it's true. The, 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 but the... I think romance itself in the real world is just creepy, no?
1: Eh, it can be, yeah. It can be. Yeah. It's, um, it's what you make of it. And it's what you make of this podcast. And we're going to hit the post
2: for real this time. And we'll for be really ba- we just kind of are, are we kind of stretching it now? No, we're, we have like 30 seconds. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make that.
1: Well, we'll be back next week talking about more radier stuff. But uh, for now, I'm R.K. I'm Squeezer. You guys have a terrific night. <laughs> I'm, and really a, trying to I'm trying to hit the bus and a wonderful uh, Valentine's Day Day. How much is left? With Cupid. And that's all we got for now.